On June 7, 2015, Horror lost one of the greatest. He's played some of the most evil beings in cinema. Frankenstein's Monster, Fu Manchu, Dracula, Count Doku, The Mummy, Lucifer, and Willy Wonka's father. On this episode, we pay tribute to the great Christopher Lee. Welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike, and we are doing a tribute episode. This is just a tribute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, To Christopher Lee, who um, recently passed away. Wait, what? Yeah. When this episode comes out, it's going to be way, way, way old. It's already old news as we record it, but... Um, we're kind of sort of back after pulling back the curtain a little bit. Kind of sort of back after a slight vacation. Um, You're welcome. So, yeah, thank you, Jason, for going on tour. Um, <clears throat> so, and, and of course, we recorded ahead of time on some episodes so you guys wouldn't miss out on your killer podcast fix. Um, but that's why in those other episodes we didn't bring it up on Killer News or anything like that that Christopher Lee had passed away because we recorded those episodes long before that happened. So we figure we should probably do a whole episode dedicated to the man <clears throat> who has brought us so many great, 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 great horror films. So anyway, but first it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. <laughs> That's right. We're talking fucking Lee. Jason Bollinger, everybody. <laughs> What's up? Next up. <clears throat> she used to think that Hammer films meant you had to be drunk while watching them. Terry Turfers. <laughs> that sounds like Terry. Aw, hey. Hey, everybody. <laughs> this next person... He, too, was also a Bond villain by the name of Haywood J. Blomey. That's right, Sam Hayes. What's up? And lastly, he thought Christopher Lee was in the movie Mallrats, was the creator of Spider-Man, and was an accused racist car from a TV show in the 80s. That's right, Dustin Neal. He's, he's not? What? Those are okay. other Lees. <laughs> What's up? How's everybody doing? Good. Good. Uh, okay. I had a different one written for you, Dustin. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to share it now because I want to I want to take a vote as which one was better. Um, <laughs> the one you got or this one? Okay, ready? Yes. His wicker man has a really sweet beard, Dustin Neal. <laughs> that was totally bad. Ah, oh, damn it, I picked the wrong one. Which <laughs> is weird, because you always reference Dustin's beard. Yeah. I know. I, I, you're one of my favorite beards of all time, sir. I'm just saying. Thank you. <laughs> you sound a little creeped out by that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
Why didn't the Wicker Man have a beard, by the way? Yeah. I know, right? So it was a Wicker Boy. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so anyway, so we're talking Christopher Lee. Uh, well, <laughs> also, before we get into that, we should probably uh, do some killer news. Now it's time for Killer News. Oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> well, it came out of nowhere. Real quick, let's. Uh, when when will this air? I should have asked that earlier. Um, it will be this Friday. This Friday. <laughs> oh, great! This two days. Friday, July tenth, you will finally be able to catch a glimpse of Ash versus Evil Dead. The trailer feature footage of the new ten episode program airing on Stars later this fall. Bruce Campbell reprises his role as Ash and has promised to release a quality show, one that won't rip off the fans. With Sam Raimi directing the pilot episode, there isn't much for fans to complain about unless you don't have stars. As of right now, the only way you'll be able to see Ash vs. Evil Dead is if you currently own a stars package with your cable provider. The channel offers stars play which is a streaming service, but is only available to customers who have the Stars package, similar to the HBO Go. Earlier this year, HBO released HBO Now, a standalone subscription-based service that doesn't require customers to have any special cable packages, or cable for that matter. We can only hope that Stars follows in those footsteps. And guys, we, we have to start some kind of petition for this because I don't know anybody who has stars. No, no shit. Who's got a stars package? Yeah. <laughs> I only have cable. I don't even have cable. Like, how am I going to see this? I don't want to download it. I want to, like, sit down on the couch and turn on the TV, and I want to watch this. I, I don't want to, like, have to download on my computer, move it over to something, you know, illegally download it. Or what, you know, I mean, whatever. But <laughs> is, is there a release date for the show itself? Have they announced that yet? They have not. It, it, all of that. All I've read uh, on several articles just says this fall. So, if it says this fall, I imagine it's probably going to be in October. Yeah. And, and if anything, it could happen maybe the last few weeks of October. So I mean, that's. I don't mean to knock stars. Well, yeah, I do. But like, I want to know who really dropped the ball when they signed the fucking contracts to go exclusively with stars. Because in this day and age of like amazing original programming on like HBO. Or Showtime, or even AMC, even Netflix is on the original program bandwagon, and they went with stars. Yeah, guys, oh. guys, we we live in the middle of the country. Uh, you can't just say that based off of our. We don't have stars, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's still a pretty big fucking company with a lot of fucking subscribers yeah. just because yeah. you don't have it doesn't mean that it's not that it's inferior to netflix you're, you're right you're right i used to i used to have stars when i had uh dish network and we we watched it all the time and yeah. when you had it you could you could go just i think then it was called stars on demand and you could watch uh -huh. anything that was already on their catalog through it which is incredible but again you have to have it yeah. you know to 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 watch it, so I don't I don't see why they. Uh, hopefully, we can only hope that they start some kind of cheap subscription based service. Maybe I don't know. 
Well, and we don't know what the contract process was. You know, they could have taken it to all of those big companies and maybe they all turned it down. You don't, you don't know. So. Yeah, you don't, don't know. You don't, you don't Mike, know. you hater. <laughs> but also, I mean, I think all of those big channels are going that way. I know Showtime just started a partnership with Hulu where mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not free with Hulu. Like if you pay for Hulu Plus for like the $8 a month. It's like an additional charge on top of that, but it's exclusive to Hulu that you get all the Showtime shows streamed. So that's cool. Like that's like they added that in addition to. So I I see a lot. Pretty much all of the channels are heading that direction now, and they're going to have to keep up, just you know for competition reasons. But yeah, soon it, it will be a la carte, and we're just going to be able to pick and choose what we so. want on our yeah. our our streaming device. Sure. and pay a subscription for each one and just have the ones that we want. And really though, uh, with the price that I pay for um, my Netflix and my HBO uh, now, I'm, I'm not even close to what I was paying on Dish Network. Yeah, and no, no way. I have you know, out <laughs> tons and tons of things to watch on there. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a matter of time before they all go like that. But still... Though it's still exciting, right? I mean, ten episodes of Hell yeah. of oh, Ash versus Evil Dead, like and uh, like I said, with Sam Raimi doing the first pilot or first episode, whatever you want to call it, like that's really exciting too, just to see him get his hands on that series again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it going to be just the ten episodes, like a mini series, or are they going to like do another season if it? It depends on how many people probably go and buy a star subscription or downloads it illegally. So people need people need to watch it. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna download it illegally for sure because I don't have TV at all. So. Well, you know what's gonna happen. The Attack of the Killer podcast does not endorse uh, Sam Hayes. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a choice. Uh, You know what they're gonna do? The end of the the end of the series. I can tell you right now, the last episode is gonna end so open ended, like every movie has, that it they could (laughs) wait ten years and film another, you know, few episodes. So it's or a movie. You just you just yeah. It's kind of gonna be up to the hands of the people at the network whether or not it gets renewed. So we'll just have to wait and see. So it kind of looks like like HBO Go. It looks like Stars has a app called Stars Play. That you yeah. can get in the Apple Store and the Google Play Store and Amazon Store. It plays in the Kindle. It doesn't seem like it's to the Roku yet, but which you can you can which, which yeah you can use, but you have to have the the yeah you have to oh, have, you have, to have the, cable. the cable yeah yeah that's what the, I just said <laughs> yeah because the HBO HBO now is standalone, but HBO yeah. Go you still have to have your subscription cool and then they like give you like you can get a password and log in and all that crap. Which is silly, but, you know, it's basically just making it so you can give out your information to other people to, to have free HBO. <laughs> what, uh, what other noteworthy shows does Stars have? Well, I went to their, their website, the Stars Play website, and it's pretty strict. Like, it immediately starts to look at your computer and see if you are a user or not. And then it says, nope, sorry, you can't watch it. And you have to, like, click out of it. But they have like Spartacus. Um, oh, they yeah. have uh, a oh, few others right. that I ah, That's why. I bet you that's why they went with Stars. Because Sam Raby and Rob Tappert are producers of Spartacus. 
Oh, okay. So there you go. That's it probably was, where that linked. It was probably easy, yeah, easier for them yeah. just to hop on board. Which, of course, you know, stars can show anything they want. I mean, they're not like a an actual on-cable TV channel, so yeah, they can curse and show blood. <laughs> and that was what was really cool in the article that I read. Uh, Bruce Campbell was talking about how much blood they used. Uh, practical blood. He's like, there's no CGI blood, and the the they had to bring the blood in on a keg, <laughs> like, and they said so it was awesome. so ridiculous. Awesome. It's spraying it on people, and which is great because I the CGI blood is probably something that a show like that would probably use to save money, but to use actual blood. You know, on a on a ten episode, I mean, that's that's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. Is 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 uh, real blood really that more expensive though than CGI? It seems like I mean, I don't, I don't know, know how they do it. Convenience, like, maybe. Like, yeah. Like, don't you have say. to go like fucking frame by frame to make that shit CGI? Yeah. Like, it seems like it would be easier and cheaper to use real blood and my, better. My understanding of it is, and it makes it makes sense, is that when you're using practical blood, and let's say you have to do another take, then you're cleaning. You have to do the cleanup and and yeah. go through all that mess. And now you're talking about time is money, um, you know. So that's where the money is lost. Where CGI, you know, you don't have to worry. You know, you just do it all in post. So that's where I think the mentality is. Is why. CGI would be easier and cheaper than to do it practically. But I'd prefer it practical. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did they did men uh he did mention uh miniatures and stop animation as well. Yes! So Oh nice. That's nice. awesome. That's Good. just gonna be fun to see because I don't know the last time I've seen a movie or a show incorporate live action and miniatures uh or you know stop animation as well so like i can't think of anything yeah. you know other than like cartoons or something but so that's so pretty exciting. exciting yeah that's so very exciting. awesome yeah and what did do you see the oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna ask if you guys had seen the stills i'm assuming that you have that they were yeah i've seen i've awesome. seen a, you know a little bit of it i haven't dug too deep into it but it's looking like they're going with uh him working at S-Mart kind of thing still, right? At least what that's what I take out like, of it. Yeah. yeah, but, like, I think it's a different store now. I think it's it's called something different. I'm guessing it's supposed to be the same store, but... Oh. I did hear that as well. As smart Like, he's... Okay. It's, it's 30 years after, pretty much, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and he's been, still working there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's could, that's all we know about the story, though? It's, yeah, he's been living in in this in this world. This is what I've read. I don't know if this is true or not, but he's living in the world with deadites, and he's been ignoring them and pretty much just stand stepping aside for for thirty years until he's there's the world is going to end now, and then now he has to step up and 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 take take over and be, you know, become. The hero, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. It, it it sounds it sounds pretty cool, and it look, those stills look really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting, and and it's got to be a big thing for stars because now it does get them into the original doing original programming, like like all the like all the other cable channels do. Because this is probably their first one, I guess. Maybe. No, they have. We were. I and mean, they have like Spartacus, and they've had oh. other ones for sure. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh okay. So so stars, even though they're not you know like basic cable, are they allowed to go like all out in terms of like gore and whatnot? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you seen, really? have you ever seen Spartacus? It's pretty bloody. Yeah, I hear it's pretty no. gory. Like yeah, like Game of Thrones gory type. Yeah, sweet for sure. I remember when I had Dish Network, and and had stars with my package. Um, they would show like those seductive cinema movies late at night all the time, like Playmate <laughs> of the Apes and Spider yeah. Babe and stuff like that. So, so I'm pretty sure anything goes on stars. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you were a director, you know, because Sam Raimi's doing the first one. I don't know who's doing the other ones, but like, if you were kind of like a big name, wouldn't you want to get your hands in on this? Like, because you know, if somebody said to you, "Hey, you could direct the next uh, Ash versus Evil Dead movie." Um, you'd be pretty excited, but then you know there's there's probably a dozen other directors out there who are like, oh damn it, you know I wanted that. But with this ten episodes that are going to air, each one could have a different director. Wouldn't that be yeah. cool if they had yeah. somebody coming in and just you know taking the the helm for for each episode? It would yeah, be aw- it would be awesome. Do you think there's going to be those fanboys out there that would be up in arms about it though? Because it's always it through, through the whole film franchise, it was always Sam, and Sam always has had a very unique visual eye. I think I think they'd be they'd be down with it. It'd be you know it'd be kind of like another Masters of Horror, like have yeah, it would be, a different it would be director. Very cool. But I'm a fanboy and I don't care. So okay, <laughs> well yeah, and like with today, it's very uncommon for a director to do a whole TV show. It's yeah, it's actually yeah. way more common to change directors every episode. Well, and I'm assuming that Raimi and Tappert are also producing it, so they'll probably be hands-on through the whole process anyway. So I'm sure that they'll kind of have their their say in a lot of yeah. that sort of stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah, to keep the uh, same feel throughout or whatever. Oh, oh, absolutely, and you know, I well, and you even know Bruce is not going to have it. It's, that's going to stray anything away from what Ash is and what the Deadites yeah. are about and all I that. Bet you, so. I bet you anything that Bruce is going to direct at least an yeah. episode. I was oh, just going to yeah, say that. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe Ted Raimi. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, because I, I think Bruce did some Burn Notice episodes maybe. Like, at least something. He's yeah. directed something on that show, so... He can direct TV. He's not very good at directing films, but he can direct TV. <laughs> well. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think he gets better with like every movie, because like the man with a screaming brain was complete shit. Yeah. But my name is Bruce. That was, was awesome. I like my actually, name is Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My name is Bruce was a lot better. <laughs> so I think he. Man with the screaming brain is awesome. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I mean, Ted Raimi was good in it. Ted Raimi is the best part of that whole movie yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Do we have any more horror news or killer news? 
Jeez. <laughs> Killer news about horror films and stuff. That's what I was getting at. Uh-huh. I didn't forget the name of the segment again. Well, we could probably talk all night, but uh, we can bring up the new Goosebumps trailer. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So we Mike? watched the... Yeah, well, we, wa- we watched the Goosebumps trailer uh, that uh, appeared on IMDb, I'm assuming today. I don't know how long it's been out, whatever. Yeah, I think it came out today. Okay, good. So, yeah, and, you know, I think the ma- majority of people on this podcast grew up reading those books. Um, I did not grow up reading those books. I actually was already working in retail when those books came out. So I'm familiar, pretty familiar with the books, too, as the jaded old man that I am. But, you know, uh, to get the ball rolling, because we did have a little bit of pre-discussion beforehand that we should have saved for the show. But, Terry, you were not a part of that. So your thoughts oh on the Goosebumps trailer? Oh, I'm scared because I didn't hear what you guys said already. That's oh, okay. Don't, oh, don't worry about it. I'm setting you up. It's fine. <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't know. I have sort of mixed feelings about it. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fun, but it seems sort of, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't seem very scary. Yeah. At all. In fact, Mm -hmm. it looks a little too kitschy. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I enjoy Jack Black and I'm sure that, you know, he can, be a little bit more serious and those i mean and the the shows were always a little corny i mean you expect that but i think they've from what i can see it seems to be edging more toward corny than scary and that's kind of the opposite direction that i think they should be going but it's hard to tell from just a trailer so i'm not sure i don't know yeah that's that's true it could just be a really bad trailer yeah Yeah. that happens all the time so But no, I, I think you're right. It, it doesn't even look like a horror movie. It, just, it doesn't. It, it looks like Jumanji, really. That's what I was going to say. I was like, as soon as that book dropped on the floor, I'm like, is this fucking Jumanji? Like, where is there a monkey? I didn't understand. Yeah. That's Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking it looked like. So it's unanimous. Everybody on this show thinks it looks like Jumanji. Is that what you guys... <laughs> that's yeah. what, that's yeah. what we were saying before you jumped on, yeah. Exactly like Jumanji, but without Robin Williams, so worse. Uh, Aw, <laughs> why do you have to bring that up? I'm sorry. We're already doing a show on Christopher Lee, and now you bring. Oh no! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh. It's like I said before. Yeah, it looks it looks kind of dumb just based on that trailer. But I, yeah. I have a soft spot for dumb movies. It really feels like. Thematically, it, it's, it seems like a late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. You know, it's, movie. Um, comedy slash kids movie, whatever. And, well, and I'm I mean, a sucker for those, like, movies like that. I mean, and that's cool that we get that feel from it. Because maybe, you know, they're trying to flash back to when the shows were coming out and whatnot. But they can't... Uh, hopefully it's not as completely corny as it is in the trailer and has a little bit of scariness to it because that's kind of the whole point well i don't know right Um, i mean it's just like if you're going to do a movie on goosebumps you want to try to get you know as much of goose the goosebumps books in there so 
storyline makes sense to me. You know, if we're gonna th throw them all in there, we gotta do it Jumanji style, right? Well, sure, but if you're gonna do them all at once, scary and Jumanji you're gonna though. <laughs> not yeah, exactly. Not bumbling, yeah. fumbling idiots like they yeah. look at the trailer where they're like exactly. getting like they're just slipping around and their faces are going up against glass and yeah, and get hit by a car. It's like what the fuck is yes. this? Yeah, scary Jumanji would be awesome. I'd be down for that. But it they never did that like in the it. show. They never they never did take the 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 main bad guy or monster and make them to be you know idiots because if, if if anybody here knows that has read goosebumps everybody knows that almost every ending of the book led to either the kid or whatever kid that is the main character gets shit on like it's never a happy yeah. ending none oh, yeah. of the books are a happy ending they almost always end in turmoil and it's always or it's a it's a it's a twist ending and it's it they really never do end. The books don't end. It's just like, well, shit, your parents were actually werewolves, and guess what? Yeah. You're one, too. You know? It's like, yeah. oh! Like, I so that's, yeah. that's how I the show went. I rewatched The Haunted Mask recently, and that, it holds up, and it is so fucking dark. Like, some of the stuff in there. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, <laughs> like, that's it's so, like, existential. Or is that not? That's not haunted mask. That's the picture one. No, say that, that was the pilot. The pilot was the haunted okay. mask, but it is so dark and creepy. You should watch like, Scarecrow. It doesn't even. Yeah, that one is. Uh, that one I was really surprised by how good it was and, mm -hmm. and how well it was filmed. It was, yeah. Some of those episodes are still. They 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 hit hit the the books, and they're pretty on point. Yeah. Uh, some of a lot of them obviously are are yeah, kind of hokey. A lot of them are complete horseshit, but yeah. <laughs> some of them are great. <laughs> so you just but, need uh, to take that greatness, and they can put it into yeah. a movie. And Jack Black didn't look yeah. bad. And I think it's funny that he's playing R.L. Stein. That's a that's an interesting concept. That, right. You know, mm -hmm. To be honest, though, like in the in the TV show, they would actually have you know R.L. Stein like do intros. Yeah, he did. He mm -hmm. is such a fucking shitty actor. Yeah, that it's actually entertaining. <laughs> So He's I think they should have just kept him for the movie and just yeah. have him do his shitty acting. <laughs> It'd be that much funnier. Well, and I noticed too because that's where I was confused. I didn't know if Jack Black was supposed to be R.L. Stein or not because I didn't see the big mole on his face. <laughs> oh man, gosh! But uh, it's weird though. You you look at the trailer and it looks like all the monsters are CGI, but uh. Like, I, you see this article here I just posted for you guys, and they have, like, pictures on the monsters, and they all look practical. Mm. Like mm. it said in the trailer, they're all CGI, so I'm... Is it going to be a mix? I'm kind of confused. Are these, like... Did they do practical prototypes? And then... I don't know. It could, like, it could just be a shitty trailer. That's what I'm saying. Well, all the ones that you're showing, all the ones that are on this article here... Are none of the characters that I saw in the trailer, but these yeah. are definitely characters from the book, which is pretty cool. Because I see the yeah. scarecrow and the, and the clown. These look cool. Didn't oh, yeah. they have the uh, the dummy in the trailer? Uh, I didn't see that. If yeah, I didn't. I don't remember seeing the dummy either. Unless he was in that. There's that one crowd scene that had all of them there, 
which is probably where we're going to see the majority of these characters. But I'm yeah, guessing. it looks like there's also a screenshot though in this article, and it they're all practical, so maybe it will be a mix. These, yeah, these makeups look pretty good, man. They kind of they kind of do have that goosebumps vibe to them. Yeah, kind of nineties. Yeah. Well, that was the thing I was I always loved about those books. Again, working in retail and stocking the shelves, I always loved to see when the new one came out because I just was a fan of the covers. Oh yeah, and I they had really like them. they had like the braille effects that were so cool. Oh yeah, yeah. They had actual goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's directed by L- Rob Letterman, and he did Monsters vs. Aliens and A Shark Tale, <laughs> and. Uh, Mm. Not much else. Uh, it's mostly animation. Yeah, Gulliver's Travels with Jack Black. Oh. <laughs> so he hasn't had a lot of success. Ouch. Monsters vs. Aliens is pretty good. but I was going to say, I tell you what, I love Monsters vs. Aliens. And if you watch that movie closely, because believe me, I've seen it about 40 fucking times because I, <laughs> I have a son. And um, there is layered throughout that movie... Tons of nods to, like, um, 50s and 60s uh, sci-fi and horror. Some of them are actually really subtle, but, like, there's there's either, you know, somebody who did a lot of research for that, for that film, or somebody was a huge fan of that era of, of, of uh, you know, 50s crazy sci-fi, so, sci-fi and horror. So, I... I Hopefully, the director, you know, it is kind of a fan, has that mentality going into this project. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think they should have gone with uh, Kevin S. Tinney. <laughs> like, if, yeah. you watch, if you watch Pinocchio's Revenge, that totally looks like a Goosebumps episode. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it would have been good. Well, I'll take the opinion of the opposite of all you guys. I, I've seen zero episodes of Goosebumps. I've read zero pages of the book, so I have zero reference of the story, show, or at all. And, like, to me, it just looked like a a new kids movie. You know? Like, there's... I I assume you'll have... You guys have some bias on what you were expecting out of it and stuff, but I, I didn't have any of that, and it just looked like a new kids movie to me didn't look so i mean i didn't know that it wasn't supposed to be the way that it is that could be a thing that could be a thing too if they're taking this into that direction is it that because it's like the the younger generation is too separated from those books i would say no those those books are still in the libraries at the you know the schools that i work at and they're still in the bookstores and they still sell them at the book fair and they have kind of updated the the Goosebumps font, but the original artwork is there. It's awesome, and you yeah. can get them in like five packs, and, and they're cheap, and kids okay. always got them. Yeah, I mean, we have them at the library, and they're pretty popular, and I know when I worked at the video store, we had a bunch of the Goosebumps um, on DVD in our kids' area, and those checked out like crazy, like... So yeah. I don't I don't it's know how relevant. attached they are. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just didn't know. I haven't seen Goosebumps in forever, but I don't. We're in a 
bookstore anymore. So. <laughs> well, and they're on Netflix now, or they were. Are they still on Netflix? They still are. I'm still yeah. I, Okay, because I was actually trying to pull it up right now. Because <laughs> I was curious myself. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, I didn't go, what? When they opened all the books. Right. I was like, oh my god, they can't do that. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't have that. I didn't know that you couldn't, so I... <laughs> Just saying. Um, any of you guys ever read any of his more like uh, tweeny books? Yeah, like the Fear Street series and like uh, yeah, all those. Halloween yeah, I used Town, to read those. That one. Uh, that's a Disney movie. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was well, there was the Haunting Hour that was R. L. Stein. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that was on a. I was assuming it was based on a book. Cause, you know, yeah, <laughs> I remember. But yeah, like in the Fear Street series, I remember there was this like one like trilogy about like this haunted house and there was like some pretty gory shit in there. Like some girl gets her fucking hand mangled in a garbage disposal. And it was like pretty intense stuff for like, you know, a fifth grader or whatever. Well I'd imagine so. I mean if you guys are telling me that the Goosebumps series, which was def directed towards like, you know, the younger crowd and that stuff was dark the the tweeny books that were obviously for an even older crowd had to have been even more sick and twisted, right? Oh yeah. That's yeah, I awesome. haven't I haven't read any of those. We have some at the library that we definitely mark them as young adult for a reason because of the content. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Nobody yeah. nobody does that anymore. Nobody. <laughs> takes something and disguises it as a kid property, but really is something something fucked dark, to, something fucked up and dark. Introduce kids to horror, man. I mean, yeah, yeah you get yeah. you get the, you got that that studio that does like Paranorman and stuff like that, which Paranorman's great, you know. But we're getting one of those movies like what every five six years, you know, and yeah. yeah. Coraline, like that was a graphic novel. Yeah, well, that's just, that was the same studio, right? That did Paranorman. I don't know. I think it was. Uh, I'm gonna say it was. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just like we. But when Goosebumps was at its heyday, man, it seemed like there was a new freaking book, something that R.L. Stein put out like about every other week. Oh yeah, between, yeah. The, between yep. the books and the TV show, and yeah, I, th I think it was like almost. Was it once a week or once a month? It was like regular like that. And I remember my friend Gabe at one point, like I think it was up until like book number 100, like his parents would buy him every book when it came out. And like he had them all like lined up in order, one through 100. <laughs> it's like just so insane. That's awesome. Awesome. So as we continue this episode about goosebumps, um, oh yeah, <laughs> what's this about? <laughs> Any other uh, killer news we want to uh, get into, or should we start getting into the tonight's topic? We should probably move on. Okay. Well, I got one thing. I got one bit of horror news I want to bring up. Um, well, I'm going to bring up two. Screw it, um, because I just watched it a little while ago. Uh, I'm so excited. Green Inferno, September 25th. Can't fucking wait. Been, that movie's <laughs> been shelved. Finally. 
Eli Roth's return to the director's seat, man. Return to horror. Yeah, you've never like, had a boner this long. As you I do for, <laughs> as you have for Green Inferno. Not, not without medical enhancements. No, I haven't. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm just, just like finally. And it's not only that that I, I just, I love Eli Roth, but it's a fucking cannibal movie, man. Who does that this day and age? So I'm so <laughs> excited. I can't wait. The trailer looked awesome. If you guys haven't seen it, oh, it's so good. But and it's so, it's so. It, okay, I want to say it's good, but I'm also going to back it up by saying it's horribly edited, which gives me so much hope that this movie is just going to be sick as hell. Yeah, yeah. Because 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 it's like, man, how could we cut around all this all this and put together a trailer without throwing all this uh, graphic content in it? So, though the trailer comes off as like vague and really choppy. And I think that's because like this movie's just gonna be balls to the wall, man. I'm excited. I hope so. Yeah, I like almost forgot about it. It's been so long since. No shit. It's been in you know production, yeah. post production, all that. Yeah, and I mean, I would just I would hate to be in Eli Roth's shoes. Just so pissed every single day. Like, why can't you know? Cause he filmed this in the jungles, man. Who mm. goes through all that? All that paint, blood, sweat, and tears to make a film to have it shelved for like a year or two, like yeah. ah ah ah! I would go nuts. Anyway, so <laughs> I wanted to bring that up. Green Inferno. Woo. When did we and make Demonica? Okay, sorry. Yeah, but we didn't film it in the fucking jungle. <laughs> you know, that that roller rink was kind of a jungle. Yeah, it was almost jung- yeah, it was jungle. <laughs> it was jungleish. There were a few cannibal tribes. You know. Anyway. <laughs> The other bit of horror news, killer news I want to bring up, killer news, um, <laughs> is that the Predator pack has released for um, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, saw so, that. And that pack is pretty legit. I mean, as much as I love the horror pack, as you get Jason Voorhees, and that is the one to have, but like the extra skins that came with it were kind of lame. This is all Predator themed. So not only are you getting a cool character as a Predator, but you get like a Carl, um, Carl Withers skin. Uh, you get like an infrared skin, cool. so like it's pretty cool. So you can like dress Jacks up as Carl Weathers, <laughs> and and have him fight the freaking Predator. It's awesome. So. Why Jacks? Seriously, that is that's it's Jacks it's Jacks skin. It's not a racist thing. That's what they did. Or maybe it is a racist thing. <laughs> well, not knowing video games, your conversation was really weird. They're like it comes with skin. I'm like, what? <laughs> what pack is this? I don't Costumes. Know, it's, it's insanitary. It basically it's it's dressing up a pre-existing character to make it look like something different. Oh, yeah. that's way better. It than keeps its skill set. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's the lingo I have to deal with every single day, buddy. So. <laughs> what is this, Terry? You just posted. What? Hold on. I said we didn't have to talk about it. You God. can't post that. And, can't like, you? Oh yeah, I saw those too. No, I just read the link. I didn't even. As soon as I saw, okay, I won't. I won't talk about it. But God, you, that, now everybody geez. wants to you know what you're talking. You have to talk about it now. You can't just do gonna, that. No, sorry. All right, we, I just showed him a link of the. There's Mr. Potato Head. Oh, I want these. Of Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger. Kind of need these at the house. Yeah, they're pretty <laughs> awesome. 
So this wow. is this is where you use your power, Mike, to say, "Hey, listeners, fans, send send you one." So yeah, I would love to have these. <laughs> Anybody out there? I'm a little disappointed. The Freddy Krueger one, I would have gone with like a French fry instead of an actual potato, but that's just me. So anyway, okay, we can move on. That's just freaking cool, though. Fan, fans of the show out there, yes, I do. I do need the. I wouldn't mind um, two of each. So it, you know, if you're sitting there thinking, "Oh, somebody else is going to send them one," just send me one anyway, because I would be fine with having two of each, one to take out of the box and one leave in the box. Because the boxes are cool on them too. It's cool. It's cool. We'll, we'll put up a link to Mike's GoFundMe page for the potato heads. <laughs> All right, all right, I'm sorry. Enough of these shenanigans. Let's get into it. Let's get into Christopher Lee and his great career. Crazy-ass huge career. Like, oh, my God. Like, I, do, you know, always try to do some research before, you know, especially when we do these retrospectives on actors or directors or a film franchise or whatever. And I literally got tired of reading IMDb. Um, it's never happened before. I could not. I could not. Twice. Twice I got tired of reading IMDb. Once when I went through his trivia. Like, holy shit. That was huge. And then another time when I was just going his, through his filmography. The man has done 278. Um, has 278 acting credits. Everywhere from movies to television to video games. Um, even he... He even appears on Paul McCartney's album cover for Band on the Run. Like, <laughs> like he's done everything. He's recorded heavy metal Christmas albums. He is awesome. Um, so where do we even begin with talking about Christopher Lee? Really? Seriously? Well, he was born in a small town in Belgravia. <laughs> <laughs> We're going all the way back. All right. Well, if you want to, if you want to go that route, I did read on the trivia that him and Vincent Price share the same birthday, May twenty seventh. Get out. Yeah. Nineteen twenty two. Good grief. Damn. Yeah, he, he was ninety three, and he worked up until like he, he died. Like that is just insane. Yeah, it's crazy. May we Good all be him. that lucky. Yeah. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Well, I don't really want to be working until I'm ninety three. Well, at least, I mean, but at least not what I'm what doing do. right now. But yeah. doing what you love, I mean, yeah. podcasting—that's all we know that you do. <laughs> podcasting or making movies, and then that's fine. But what pays my bills? Maybe not so much. So anyway, yeah, that's definitely a huge, huge, huge win, man. Such a huge career, such an amazing life. You know the things that he's done and he's seen and wow so I guess what I should what I should probably do is start with um, you know start with Sam and just ask you man if you had to pick one Christopher Lee performance as like your favorite what would it be as my favorite um gosh man I mean, honestly, I've seen, I mean, he's done 278 movies. I've only seen a tiny, tiny fraction of that. But from what I've seen, 
you know, The Wicker Man is good. It's uh, definitely up there. He doesn't, you know, he gets a decent amount of screen time. It's a sweet hairdo. Uh, yeah. And wardrobe. Heck yeah, dude. But yeah, he wears a kilt. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> What's with his hair in that movie? He's, it's, you know, the the cover that you see where his hair is all crazy, that's just because the wind is blowing. Like, his hair is not like that the whole movie. <laughs> all right. Well, it's that epic scene, you know, right there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, he does a great performance in that. You know, he's really charismatic yet creepy at the same time. And, you know, okay. he gets to show off his, you know, singing, singing skills. Which uh, <laughs> There's a lot of music in that movie. Yeah, there is. A lot of singing. I mean, should, is. should we just jump right into the, the movie? That is yeah, kind so of... I'm going to say this a lot in this episode. So, Sam, let's pretend Dustin hasn't seen this movie. How would you describe it to him? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a murder mystery story slash musical slash horror movie. <laughs> no, it's a... Yeah, it's got to be a musical, right? Like, there's oh, like, man. There's oh, yeah. the one scene which is my favorite scene, and I may have watched it a few times, where that woman is... <laughs> Terry knows what I'm talking about right away. I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> but <laughs> that I'm watching, and I'm like, did I fall asleep and wake up to a music video channel or something? Because it's like... It's all it's all voiced over pre-recorded her singing the song, dancing around butt-ass naked. <laughs> gyrating against the door and it was a straight up musical number in the middle of this movie <laughs> that yeah. scene is just insane like I don't I don't I don't know. <laughs> and it, yeah it's so and it's such you know so indicative of the times you know experimental and whatnot I mean there really aren't any other like serious horror musicals I mean any other horror musical is going to be a comedy, pretty much. But this is like, you know, it does it seriously, and it kind of works. It definitely works. Um, lost my train of thought. Anyway. I have that effect on people. <laughs> I watched this for the first time yesterday. I had never seen it, and I watched it Gosh. for this episode. And it blew my mind a little bit. Like, not, like, it wasn't, like, crazy like oh, I was trying to figure it out and all that it was just like what is going on half the time there was so much like like you said it's basically a musical and I was not at all anticipating that going in and I'm like why are they singing again what is going on <laughs> and that that scene but um, no it was successful though. like it wasn't like it, it was bad like it was creepy like it made the whole atmosphere very eerie like all and I'm the lyrics and the songs are just, oh my god, creepy. Yeah, but I mean, I would you not know, want to go there. Like the no. <laughs> it it is you know it's not just musical for the fucking sake of being musical. Like it's very well, motivated. No. Yeah. She's trying to seduce him to, you know, lure him and 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 you know, lure him into this trap that they're setting. Yeah, that that scene when she's doing that was very bizarre. I don't. 
it was just that was like the one time I, it was just very <laughs> off-putting i don't think it was necessarily that she was singing naked and like trying to seduce him that wasn't what was bothering me it was like the random like clapping and like hitting the walls on like all these strange beats oh, like yeah. i didn't it was driving me insane and freaking me out a little bit i think it added to the freakiness of that scene it was just random I don't know. I don't know. It's not really random. I mean, the part that was weirdest to me was was like, why did the detective have to stand way over to the other side of the doorknob and reach? (laughs) Yeah. Like really weirdly to try to open the. I don't know. It was. It's very strange. Yeah. It's just (laughs) like she's like you know giving him a chance to you know succumb to lust and testing him it's right. it's great this movie and i just watched it like right after uh, christopher lee died for probably the umpteenth time and it gets better every time i gotta say it's just one of those movies it's just so rich and complex just so much going on with you know on one hand it's you know kind of a cool b movie they're just like you know you know, it's like the whole Pulp Fiction thing. He's a detective. He's researching this cult. But, you know, it's also, you know, steeped in, like, actual, you know, occult knowledge and spirituality. Yeah. You know, yeah, I thought that all, that all the May Day stuff was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of makes me want to dress up, like, some of those characters on May Day and see if anyone gets it and freaks out. <laughs> right, right. Actually... <laughs> And actually, just watching it the last time, I kind of noticed something kind of esoteric. But uh, I, I kind of noticed that one of the rituals that they do toward the end, I'm pretty sure, and I can't prove this, but I think it's based on like this actual account that I read in this book. Okay, so there's this guy, Martin Martin. He was like living it back in the 18th century, and he like. you know, visited the highlands of Scotland and he's like, you know, documenting all the the stuff he's seen. But one of the rituals that he describes in in his account is, uh, you know, this ritual where these people would like take this big thing of ale. They would like brew this ale from all their ingredients and they would like take a cup of it and like sacrifice it to the sea god named Shoni in in the uh, sea I know I'm kind of digressing here but they would like you know pretty much what you see in the movie where they like take this big ale keg and like chop it open with an axe and pour it in the sea for this god but it's just kind of interesting because you know one it gives the film more more of a realism it's based on reality but also kind of ironic because um, the people that did this ritual in Scotland, you know, were like technically Christians doing this ritual. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting, the the mingling of paganism and Christianity. And I like how the film explores that. Anyway, I don't want to digress too much here. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's awesome. It's good. It's good stuff. So then... Jason, you watched it 
also first time, just today, right? Yeah, right before the show, right before the recording. So what were your thoughts on the whole thing? Well, I had lots of them until Sam said how much he liked it. Now I don't want to say anything. Oh, just say it. Here's the thing, like, this is where I'm confused. I mean, I don't hate the movie, but I, I've never really understood the... Uh, the Why it's the, good? The cult following behind this movie, you know? Right. Uh, what What is it about this movie that has created such the cult following? Um, why it got a remake? Why, why because of the remake, the, you know, the original director was able to make a sequel decades later why it's it's like one of the first movies to pop into a lot of people's minds when you ask name a christopher lee horror movie you know what i mean it's, it's like yeah. I, I why does this one stand out so much so jason let it all out <laughs> let it out sir tell us tell us your thoughts i'll hold no. sam back i'll hold sam back <laughs> no I, I i just thought i just thought those things i just thought why i mean i i assume probably because it's um, underneath the crazy, whacked out, experimental '70s part of it, yeah. yeah. I mean, the I can storylines good. Yeah, I mean, I understand it is like clearly very out there, so I can. It's out there. Understand? I just wasn't ready would. for that. I mean, the, yes, the the underneath it, the basic plot of the whole movie is great, <clears throat> and I, you know, and I, and that's and it's strong, and that's what you know, probably makes people come back to it besides mm. the weirdness or why it holds up. But, uh, I, th- I think it, uh, well, sorry, did you have more? No, uh, I was just, uh, at the time of watching it, it was, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And it's not because I was half watching it or anything, I just, I don't know. Right. I think it does says, say a lot, though, that, you know, Christopher really actually acted in this movie for nothing he did it completely for free oh really because he believes so much in it interesting and uh he actually read the script he got the script and he's like he just heard the title wicker man he's like does that have anything to do with the druids and like the writers were like how did you know that no one knows that (laughs) (laughs) but like he knows because he's fucking christopher lee yeah and he just (laughs) has all this esoteric knowledge and he's so well read but no, he loved it so much that he did it for free, That's you cool. know. Because it, you know, it's a low budget movie. They couldn't have afforded him. Yeah, they paid his regular rate, but he did it for free, and that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, I know that. That's a that's a cool bit of trivia there. Cool. Well, what what do you think, Terry? What do you think causes this movie to be so again so stand out in in Christopher Lee's career you know I don't I mean I really I enjoyed the film a lot like it there were definitely a lot of moments where um some of the uh alternative things that the people on this island were doing were a little bit there were a little bit too much of those sort of things going on for me at times and I like I said like I was like what the hell is going on for parts of it but it was in a way that it was just it made me feel like creeped out like it just gave me an uneasy feeling i'm not sure why i you know i haven't seen enough of christopher lee's filmography to really you know judge and compare too much but 
I yeah. don't, I thought it was a really good standout performance. He's not even, but he's not in it for, you know, until even, well, I guess he makes a small appearance, but for the most part, he's not in it until like the second half of the movie even. Yeah. But you can admit too, though, he steals the show, especially oh, in that final sure. scene. Yeah, definitely. Right. And, I mean, I mean I that line about like you have an appointment with the wicker man, that's like, that's like quotable it's an iconic line from that movie well and i think i think maybe it stands out because the movie is just so different you know it's definitely yeah memorable and i think that if people see it they're going to recall that one just because there's not really much of anything out there like it so maybe that has some sort of i don't know I know a lot of us on this podcast have talked about over the course of the history of the show that a remake cannot tarnish the original, but <laughs> I can almost maybe make the argument that maybe, maybe, maybe Nicolas Cage's version does tarnish it a little bit, because when I was watching it, I kept thinking about, Mo- and I, I still haven't seen the Nicolas Cage movie all the way through. I just know enough about it with my obsession with bad movies and podcasts about cult films and, and bad movies and stuff like that that I've learned enough about the movie to know um, that I've probably seen the majority of it anyway. Um, <clears throat> but, like, I'm watching the original Wicker Man, and there's actually, like, bits and there's, like, moments that is replicated in the remake and lines literally steeled. Steeled? <laughs> Stolen? <laughs> that too. In the remake from the original. Um, and as soon as I hear it, my mind just goes straight to freaking Nicolas Cage. And so uh, I'm like, okay, is the mo- is the original movie... I don't remember it being this, this corny, but... Or maybe no. I'm just too attached to the Nicolas Cage atrocity that it's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of ruining the experience rewatching the original. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I haven't seen the remake. I haven't either, it's... and I didn't feel that way about it at all when I watched the original. Has anybody seen the remake? Dustin, have you seen the remake? Uh, Wicker Man. Yeah, the Nicolas Cage one? Uh, I have not, but I watched a short video that took all of Nicolas Cage's crazy, <laughs> fucked up scenes in that movie and put them together, and I yeah. don't want to ever see that movie. But, uh, <laughs> when he's punching women. And, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, God, not the bass. Not the bass. That, is a, that was a very popular meme there for a while. But not yeah, the, I think I, I have heard that. but fight was everywhere for a while. Yeah, you oh, should. Man. You need to watch it though, Dustin, because we need some everything horrible episodes. <laughs> okay, that is a huge <laughs> contender for everything horrible. And you and I'd I'd let you cheat if you just watched that that best ofs clip thing. I'll let, you, <laughs> I'll let you cheat. I'll let you do the clip notes version. I wouldn't do it like that. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, and I want I want to say, you know, even though this is a Christopher Lee movie. Uh, you know, what's his name? Edward Woodward? He's so good in Wicker Man. Is like, that the, is that the police guy? Yeah, he plays Sarge yeah. Wood. <coughs> He's so fucking good, like, especially at the very end. 
Like yeah, it's just it's really so good. you just so feel for him. And like that whole exchange where he's like Yeah. I will live again, not your damn apples. <laughs> I believe in the life eternal as promised to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, he would and for believing what you do, we can fall upon you. A rare gift these days. A martyr's death. And, and scene. Very good. Very good. You even had the infliction on Christ there, which is like, because he hits that hard in the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, and it like echoes. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, yeah. The sound design, too. Again, watch this movie like multiple times because it's so rich and layered. There's so much going on. Yeah, but yeah, um, you have watched it multiple times. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, Edward Woodward, he he actually has a cameo in Hot Fuzz. Oh no! And uh, I think it's based on this movie because they have like kind of the the cult subplot in that movie. So makes sense. I yeah. think clearly Edgar Wright is a, a big fan ah. of this movie too. It, it's I'm gonna have to rewatch Hot Fuzz now. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need an excuse. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh man, yeah, crazy, crazy movie. But yeah, it's awesome. So yeah, definitely check out The Wicker Man. You can watch it for free on YouTube. Oh really? Yep. Do it. It's actually not. It didn't look too bad on YouTube. Quality wise, anyway. So yeah, yeah. I never knew that guy's name, and I'm just not that familiar with that actor. Even though he does, he does look familiar to me. So you know, and I've seen enough British films from that era that I'm probably seen him a hundred times. Yeah, and uh, his son Peter Woodward is an actor himself, and uh, he actually had a show on the History Channel for a while called Conquest, and oh. uh, he's been in The Patriot and stuff, and. Like national treasure. Anyway. Oh, holy shit. I just looked at a picture of him as he's older, and I totally recognize him from Hot Fuzz now. Okay, who is he? He was um, one of the the bartender. The bartender dude, I think. Maybe. Uh, No, no, he's not. No. Shit, I don't remember. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. That's That's fine. Now I have to watch Hot Fuzz too. Thanks. He's one of the old townspeople. That's you know, like, to be expected. I don't remember it, but anyway. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, we can move on from the Wicker Woman and talk about some more Christopher Lee, because that's just that's that was that wasn't that wasn't a lot of Christopher Lee in that movie. Again, he steals the show. But uh, he's got so much more films out there, such as what, Jason? Uh, Lord <laughs> of the Rings. He's awesome. <laughs> and that's fine. We can talk about it. Lord of the Rings. I know, Jason. You are quite the quite the fan of the uh, the trilogy. Yeah. And yep. <laughs> and he's good in it. Who's he playing it? Saruman. Okay. Yeah, he's he's, he's a white wizard. 
He's a bad dude. Believe it or not. <laughs> bad man. Here's the thing about Christopher Lee in general. Like it, I feel like the latter half of his career, he get, he's gotten these jobs because he's Christopher Lee. I mean, obviously, Peter Jackson is going to hire somebody like Christopher Lee because he's a fan. You got you know George Lucas hiring Christopher Lee because he's a fan. You know, but it's not like when you see. You know, Ken Foray show up in a Rob Zombie movie. It's just like, oh, and here, kids, here's Ken Foray. No, it's like Christopher Lee's getting the job because he's also, he's just an amazing kick-ass actor. And he's still, he's still Christopher Lee, but he is that character, you know. It's not just, you know, hi, everybody, I'm Christopher Lee. For Christopher, you know, Christopher Lee's sake, I'm, he is casted proper. Am I making any sense? <laughs> this time or ever? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Lord of the Rings, you've seen those, right, Dustin? Yeah, yeah, I've seen those. I honestly didn't know that was him uh, when I was watching them. But, uh, okay. but, yeah. He's got the beard and the hair. and got the sweet white hair. Yeah. Did he do his own stunts in that battle with with uh, Gandalf, do you think? I'm just kidding. Yes. Of course not. No. Of course he did. No, he did. He's Christopher Lee. <laughs> he does everything. How did he how did he make him fly and levitate? Christopher Lee. Well, interesting thing you bring up about about stunts and more trivia I, I learned about Christopher Lee is that he he is an honorary member of three different um, stunt actor associations, um, and like he he's a skilled fencer, but when he did the saber fight um, in Star Wars. Um, they did use a stunt double and CGI Christopher Lee's face onto it, and because he said that uh, you know, highly he said that he was a highly skilled fencer, but he wasn't going to do it anymore. Well, at that point, he was how old? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, obviously. can you blame him? Let's let's be real. <laughs> that was like. About 15 years ago, give or take. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I thought that was that was interesting. I mean, he fenced Errol Flynn in a film. So. Huh. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He has done it all. Exactly. Exactly. Does anybody want to get into Lord of the Rings or just move on? Why haven't you watched him yet, Mike? What Lord of the Rings? Yeah. We mean I haven't watched them. Have, have you watched them? I've seen I've seen the trilogy in the theater. I have all of them on DVD. Of course, I've watched them. I think I saw them in the theater with you, so I don't know oh. what you're talking about. <laughs> the Hobbits. It's the, it's the Hobbits. I haven't seen them all yet. Oh, he's in those too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I just never got around to it. There's no excuse. I know. I understand. Okay. I'm a horrible person. Fine. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, nothing else to be said about Lord of the Rings? I mean, he's not, <laughs> you know, like the main focus of those films, and they're not super horror-y. That's for some other podcast. Alright. That's. <laughs> I do remember, yeah. uh, I kind of remember some of the special features about Peter Jackson said that him and Christopher Lee would just have long, long, long conversations about the original books. Because mm, cool. he, you know, so well read and. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know he was like a fan of the books, you yeah, know, long, long before, before. Uh, the film. And I think he would like have a ritual of like reading them every year or so. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, I'm not sure, I think he might have actually known. That's what I was thinking too. That's what I was thinking too. Oh, wow, yeah. Wow. I mean, he's old enough for, certainly. (laughs) I mean, I mean, he died in what, the 70s, Tolkien, I think? Yeah. Wow, that'd be cool. What a fucking badass, man. I know. It's most interesting man for real. You want to you want to know what I want? I want all the memes about Chuck Norris to fade away and it all be replaced by Christopher Lee. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nope. I'm putting it out there right now. Christopher Lee is far more of a badass than Chuck Norris. Yeah. There's a pretty good one. Like right after he died, there's one floating around where it like listed all his, you know, accomplishments. Just like you know this uh-huh. Secret Service guy or whatever. You know this. Yeah, he is way more badass than Chuck Norris for sure. Definitely. That'd be sick. So, so we're not gonna get into the Lord of the Rings. Um, so, Terry, what other Christopher Lee movie do we want to talk about? Well, I watched a few. Um, how about we go? Um, the Curse of Frankenstein. Nice. This is the one where he plays the monster, right? Yes. Um, so, he's not. Oh, sorry. What? I, I'm trying to remember. Was that his? Well, just real quick. Was that his first Hammer film? No, the Mummy was his first Hammer film. I think. No. No, no. I think this was his first. Yeah. Yeah. Curse of Frankenstein was fifty-seven. Mummy was uh, fifty-nine. Yeah. Okay. All right. So tell us about it, Terry. Well, uh, he's actually he's not like super prominent in the movie um because he's not revealed until later obviously if you are familiar with the story of frankenstein i'm assuming that pretty much everyone is um but he's great i mean he's a very different looking creature than i am used to seeing you know he's not the that iconic you know bolts in the neck and blah 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 um he's looks kind of mutilated and torn up in the face and it's very interesting i've really kind of become a fan like i had i'm not that familiar with classic hammer films and so i watched several of the ones i watched because he's you know a very prominent person in those sort of films and I'm I'm becoming a fan. Like I I'm really enjoying them. I think probably more than Universal. Like I'm really in, enjoying how they mm-hmm. they do these films. Um, but I mean, and his his mannerisms, what, being the creature, he was he's awesome. Like he he doesn't 
really get to do a whole lot in the film, but he's definitely very memorable. But and then you've got you know Peter Cushing plays Doctor Frankenstein, and he's awesome. And you can't go wrong with a film with both of those guys in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. It was it was good. Um, no, I I I really enjoyed these films because. I found myself kind of getting bored with the retellings of some of these stories. You know, I hadn't really seen anything kind of different and that kept it interesting for me, but these managed to hold my interest. I was really intrigued by them and I thought this one did a really good job. I enjoyed it a lot. Awesome. I wished I'd seen it. Anybody else here seen that one? No. 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 Well, he's Frankenstein's monster, and he's awesome. So there. Yeah, the pictures of him look really cool. Yeah, he's really interesting looking. And it's um, it's not the usual, you know, how they usually have the um, there's the abnormal brain that gets switched out and whatever. Mm-hmm. In this film, it's I don't I haven't actually read um the original book by Shelley, but I'm not sure if this followed it more closely than what I'm used to seeing, but um, Dr. Frankenstein actually murders a man for his brain, and then the brain, like, gets, um, it's near shattered glass, and so it's just damaged, and that's why he's all monsterish and freaky and I don't know. It was. It's very different from what I'd seen. So I don't. I'm going to assume that maybe it's a little different than the book, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know which ones are of the which ones are more accurate to the book than others. But I've always liked kind of how Hammer Studios had their interpretation of the of the uh, classic universal monsters yeah for sure i'll have to do my homework and and read up on that and see there's no way i can watch like all of the frankenstein movies ever made that would just be insane (laughs) (laughs) same with dracula you know like there's no way but but there's a few crucial ones like if you obviously watch like the original frankenstein and like this would be a good one too to compare it to. For you know, sure. There's just maybe like a, a small handful to, you know, to really kind of dig into. Um, I Frankenstein obviously has to be really close, right? <laughs> of course, definitely. Oh wait, that takes place after the book, doesn't it? <laughs> Have you seen it? I haven't. No. I haven't either. <laughs> so that's a good story. So anyway. Cool. Yeah. Sam, have you seen Curse of Frankenstein? Sam? Must not have. Okay. Must not. <laughs> I think it's... I. Oh, was I, I muted? You were muted. muted. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I've been talking for like the last five minutes. What the fuck? Oh. <laughs> oh. Nope. nope. <laughs> that was some of your best stuff, too. <laughs> it always is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
No, I haven't seen it, but uh, yeah, I think I have seen the the Robert De Niro version. I think that's the most accurate to the book. Yeah. But uh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. There's a Robert yeah. De Niro Frankenstein. Yeah. What the fuck? It came out mm, ninety, like ninety four or something, ninety five. Yeah. yeah, shortly after Bram Stoker's Dracula, so I think it was trying to cash in on the success of that. But it is um, more, yeah. Like to the book, it's like 18th century. So it didn't go over as well, but yeah, it was cool. That is crazy. But wait, but Mary Shelley was a character in that movie, though, right? In the De Niro version. So was uh, she? No, was she I don't a think character? So. Uh, I could have sworn she was. I don't remember. No. <clears throat> There's actually a cool. Not to digress too much, but <laughs> I'm such a Highlander fan. There's like there's one episode of Highlander where the idea is that um, like Mary Shelley knew these immortals and she like witnessed this quickening, and that's that's what inspired Frankenstein was <laughs> Highlander. Anyway, nice. I always get a kick out of like out of like fictional work that. Um claims that other fictional work was inspired you know what i mean like yeah stuff like that or like i saw yeah my mind is blown that this movie exists <laughs> like i'm i'm just looking at it and i'm like look at these fucking people in this how have i not ever known that this existed like it's got helena bottom carter and john cleese ian holm oh, like yeah. what the fuck oh Tom my Wolf. god well, again, it wasn't very successful. And then, what, you were a fetus when it came out? I mean... <laughs> I didn't no. have to say it this time, all it right. It came out at 94. Jesus. Oh I'm, oh, I'm sorry, you were... She was, like, 20 years old. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Whatever, we'd both graduated Come on now. Around. <laughs> I, I mean, that's at the around the time that the Scream movies and stuff were coming out, and I still wanted to watch those, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dicks <laughs> i was just looking up just uh, a fun factoid it looks like christopher lee and peter cushing did 30 movies together wow. 30 oh, titles wow i want to watch all of them because i watched a couple of them uh just for this episode and they are awesome together so yeah oh, for sure. For sure i mean a lot of these are uh, documentaries but yeah they did a lot they did a lot together well, hell, like Peter, <clears throat> Peter Cushing kind of owes Christopher Lee a little bit. Some more cool trivia. Um, like, Chris, like Christopher Lee controls the cinema universe. I really think. Like <laughs> he, he turned. Where, okay, where's my notes? Oh, shit. He turned on. He turned down the role of Grand Moff Tarkin in the original Star Wars. Christopher really? Lee did. So and that's how Peter Cushing got the job. Huh. <clears throat> and another another classic great uh, horror British horror actor, uh, um, Christopher Lee turned down the role of Doctor Loomis in the original Halloween movie. Oh wow! What? Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, I'm just trying to imagine. Oh my god! Why did you do that? Not that. You know they aren't great as is, but yeah, 
Yeah. With well, Christopher I mean, Lee? Holy shit! I, I cannot, <laughs> but I cannot see Lee doing the performance of, um... Pleasance. Like when this Loomis goes, like, ape shit at times, you know? I just can't, I don't know, I can't really see... Oh, he, he would have played it completely differently. Like, it would have been a completely different movie. Yeah, but, like, when it comes time to do part four, you, is Christopher Lee going to do some of the, Or part five, even. Is he going to be batshit crazy like uh, Donald Pleasance was? Uh, I don't know if I've seen four. What one's four? I don't know. That's the return? No. I don't remember. Are you kidding? I watched a bunch of them. Five is the one that has, um, what's-her-face, right? Danielle or well, four and four five, five have Danielle. Oh, maybe I have seen it. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, here's how. Here's how you know. Four, both of them have Danielle Harris in it. Okay. Five is where Daniel Harris plays mute through the whole movie. Yeah. Okay, I have seen them. Okay. Yeah, I've seen them both. <clears throat> God, I was worried there for a second. I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen six. Whatever okay. that one is. Curse. 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 Yeah, I haven't seen that. Cool. Okay. Um, what were we talking about? Like, literally this time I forgot. Oh, yeah. Chris Frankenstein. I don't have anything else to add to it. Yeah, so we... I think we're pretty much at the end of that one anyway. Okay. So. so if you want to talk about Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, um, I just recently watched Horror Express. They're both in that movie, along with Telly Savalas, which is awesome. So, who's seen Horror, Horror Express? Anybody? Nope. I, nope. Maybe? I don't know. Okay. All right. Okay. Pause right now. Everybody go watch it, because this movie's <laughs> awesome. I love it. This movie, this movie, oh my god, I just, I totally fell in love with this movie. Um, Horror Express, it's got Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, it's like from the 70s, it takes place on the train. Cam, kind of painting a picture for you guys, right? Do you have kind of like a preconceived notion what this movie kind of might be about, right? Maybe a little bit? Sure. Well, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> because it's about a killer Bigfoot on a train going around, what? going around killing people and melting their brains with just like super heat hands and laser eyes and he hypnotizes people and then you find out spoiler alert that it's that it wasn't just sasquatch it was actually an alien being that possessed sasquatch millions of years ago and then sasquatch got frozen in ice and and christopher <laughs> lee was You're just like this up. i'm not this is, like movie. this is why it's awesome so christopher <laughs> lee is this archaeologist that finds a frozen Bigfoot and puts it on this train to take it to Russia or wherever, and 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 it thaws out and goes around and starts killing people and melting their brains and 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 doing mind control shit on it and whatnot. And then you find out because after the Sasquatch is killed, then it possesses another person and you're like, what the fuck? Like the supernatural Sasquatch is now possessing people, but you find out it it's, it actually was an alien. An ailing energy being that landed on Earth millions of years ago possessed Sasquatch. Then the Sasquatch got frozen in ice, and so like it's just, it's crazy because like when people are dead, they have like these big freaking, completely egg white, 
egg white eyeballs and and like they all all the dead come to life at the end and 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 attack the remaining people alive. It's a fucking crazy movie, man. It's awesome. And Telly Savalas. Wow. As a Russian <laughs> policeman. Yes. What the fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> a cigarette. That movie. Man. <laughs> it's crazy. But what's, what's, what's wild about it is like it's obviously it's obviously dated when it comes to like the effects and stuff like that. It's very obviously dated. But the designs of things and the atmosphere on the train and the score, the score is I love the score. It it was still pretty. It's still a pretty creepy film. If I were to watch this movie back in the early days of me really starting to first get into horror movie, this movie would have scared the piss out of me. When you see that Sasquatch full bore for the first time, it's pretty creepy looking. Now, you know, in our jaded, um, you know, 2015 days, uh, it's obviously a man in a fucking suit. There's no question about it. You know, you're surprised you're not seeing, like, a price tag dangling from the arm and a zipper down the back, because it's obviously a suit. But just the design of it, and these, like, just pale, blank eye, white eyes, it was, it's pretty creepy. He's got, like, like, these gnarly teeth exposed and stuff. It's awesome. I seriously, like, so pumped about this movie. You guys need to check it out. I love this movie, Horror Express really good and it is really literally plotline is that bat shit crazy <laughs> and it, and it's just it, they're just they're just slowly peeling off layers throughout this whole movie and it's obvious right up front that this that it's this bigfoot killing everybody but the alien thing doesn't come out they do this whole thing cuz like they're like okay so sasquatch is uh, the sasquatch is obviously on Harry and the Hendersons is obviously on this train killing people mm -hmm. um now, but how come, how come every dead body, like, their eyes are all just pale white, and they do an autopsy on one person, and their brain is just, like, perfectly smooth? It's not all, like, bumpy, curvy lines and stuff like a real brain is? And basically, they're saying the, the brain was, like, boiled or cooked or whatever when it was being killed. Hmm. So they do this autopsy, and they, like, dissect the eyeball... And put it through a microscope, and this is the fuck most fucked up part of the whole movie. They put it through the, the microscope to see. Oh, this is. A, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me back up a little bit. This is after they kill the Sasquatch. They take out the Sasquatch's eye, and they dissect it. And basically, by dissecting the eye and looking at it through a microscope, it could see memory images of what the Sasquatch has seen. So looking through the microscope, they can see like, you know, the person, the one of the people that the Sasquatch killed on the train. It it could see like dinosaurs, and and then it was like, okay, now how come we're seeing a picture of the Earth from space? This doesn't make. And you're sitting there going, what? This doesn't make any sense. It's Sasquatch from space. What's happening here? And it just and it gets revealed later on about this whole like entity, space alien being possessing people. It is so awesome. Watch it. It's free on Netflix. I'm pretty sure the whole movie's public domain anyway, so you should be able to easily find it. Oh, is it on Netflix? Or not Netflix, I meant YouTube, sorry. Oh. 
Same difference. No. 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 Uh, yeah. Wow. It's pretty out there. Yeah, Horror Express, man. You guys would love it. I'm telling you. Watch it. <laughs> okay, Jesus, oh, you, Mike. Sold? We're sold. <laughs> oh, I don't think so, because you're not watching it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Give us a second. Alright, while you're loading it on YouTube right now, um, we'll do a little bit of trivia right now. Who on the show can answer the question, how many times Christopher Lee has played Dracula? I'll give you... We'll do Price is Right rules. Nobody can go over. <laughs> and we'll go down the line. Terry. What? what? <laughs> uh, um, five. Okay, Sam. Uh, Thirteen. Dustin. What? It is not here. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm gonna guess 37. And Jason. I knew this was coming, so I looked it up already. <laughs> you son oh, of a bee. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're not gonna play? You're not gonna. Well, I could just say the answer. Go ahead. Nine. Very good. Yes, nine times. Nine, nine times. So, so Sam and Dustin went over. So, oh, nice. oh, oh, Dustin's back. <laughs> you lost, Dustin. You overbid, Dustin. You're out of the price. The question was, Dustin, is how many times did Christopher Lee play Dracula? And the answer is nine times. Now, Jason. Oh. Yeah. Bonus question. Name all nine movies. Okay, I can oh. tell you that I have to find. I have to look up that. I gotta open that tab again. I don't know where it went. I don't remember. It's there's a list. There's Horror a of Dracula, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, Dracula has risen from the grave. Count Dracula, one more time. Taste the blood of Dracula. Scars of Dracula. What? Dracula AD 1972. The Satanic Rites of Dracula. Very good. Dracula and Son. And that's it. I guess. Very good. Has anyone seen The Satanic Rites of Dracula? That's gotta be the best title <laughs> ever. I. Here's my problem with, ham, with Hammer films. Uh, especially the Dracula series, I can honestly not tell you which ones are which. I need to sit down and rewatch them all because the ones I have seen, it's been forever, and I can honestly not remember which ones are which. But I know I've read enough about these that a lot of critics has referred to it as the worst of all of the uh, Dracula ones. Oh man, too bad. And here's the thing, um, like what's cool about this little bit of trivia is that one movie called One More Time, which is actually a comedy that Christopher Lee appears in as Dracula. So it's so it's not actually within the Dracula Hammer franchise, I guess you could say. Um, I think it's like one of those like Ringo Starr, uh, Peter Seller comedies from back in the day. Hmm. 
it's not like Dracula dead and loving it with Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> not like that, no, no. So, and I, I haven't seen it, <clears throat> but I'm under the understanding is that Christopher Lee's not like a big part in it. So. Huh. Hmm. Has anybody seen any of the uh, Dracula films? Yes. Ah, which one have you watched, Terry? I watched two. Oh. Um, I watched. I actually watched Dracula: Prince of Darkness first. Okay. Which is actually, I guess, the second in that series. I'm assuming. Um, and then Horror of Dracula as well. Which awesome. should be the first. Which is the first, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've seen. Uh, I just rewatched Horror of Dracula. Why don't we talk about that? Okay, go for it. So that's obviously the first time he's played Dracula, mm-hmm. and that's 1958. Um, so that was between Curse of Frankenstein and the Mummy. So he's just kind of making the rounds of the Universal. He's like the British Lon Chaney, I guess. Um, so, so tell us about uh, Horror Dracula. Uh, I'll try to. So, basically it follows, you know, I think I'm not, I haven't seen the original Dracula in some time, but I feel like it kind of mixes things up a lot from the original plot. So, like, Jonathan Harker, he goes to uh, Count Dracula's castle, and he's, like, supposed to be his librarian. Mm-hmm. He's appointed to be his personal librarian, which, first of all, is, like, how elitist is that? Like, who has their personal <laughs> librarian? That's so, like, upper class. But uh, then he finds out that he has, like, you know, this slave. He's keeping this woman captive. And, you know, he decides he's going to kill Dracula. But, you know, Dracula gets to him first. And uh, so then Peter Cushing, as Dr. Van Helsing uh, follows up, and uh, that's kind of much of the movie. Is it's all about Van Helsing trying to stop Dracula. Yeah. Well, and um, the whole thing, like, it, if you've seen, I'm sure it probably. Again, I need to do my read up on it and whatnot. But um, like the '90s Dracula, what I know from that, it's more similar to that, and I think that it takes more from the book than perhaps the universal version does because you've got um harker goes out there and his he sees a picture of his fiance who is lucy which i think is backwards from how i remembered it being but um lucy back at home and so he's going after her and she's a slut for it and all that and she's like yeah dracula woo suck my blood and stuff and um and then there's um arthur who is played by michael gow go i i don't know how to pronounce it but he played alfred alfred in the burton batman movies like i recognized him instantly like from his voice I was like, oh shit, that's Alfred, that's awesome. But anyway, um, and then he goes after Mina as well and 
all that Arthur and Van Helsing team up, try to go against him and succeed. Yeah. Obviously. Right, right. You know, it, it's interesting. I just, I just watched this, and I realized watching it that I didn't realize it, but I'd seen this movie as a child. I don't know how old I was, but I, I just remember watching it. I, I, I remember seeing it in black and white. I don't know what was up with that because the movie's in color, but yeah. like I remember seeing it in black and white. But I saw it as a young kid, and I thought it was so creepy, but. You know, this was like pre-internet, so I didn't know what the movie was called. And so, like, up until now, I didn't know what this movie was called. But now I know it was the horror of Dracula. And I think the thing that fucked me up the most was the end sequence where Dracula gets... Basically, he, like, disintegrates. Yeah, that's so, the best part like, of the whole movie. Van Helsing holds up this crucifix, and he fucking disintegrates... And it's so, like, not really gory, but, like, it kind of is gory. It's dusty. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, reminds me of, like, it reminds me of, like, Evil Dead, the end sequence, when, like, all the deadites are disintegrating. Mm -hmm. It's, like, pretty gnarly stuff for a movie that came out. When did this come out? I don't 58. know. 58. 58? I mean, yeah. that's pretty intense for a 58 picture. Yeah. Even a horror picture, but... You know, and not just not just the end sequence, but like there's some staking scenes in this, which are also like pretty fucking brutal. Like he, uh, I forget the name of like the original vampirus, if that's the term you want to use. But like um, Jonathan Harker stakes her, and it's like really fucking violent. You don't actually see penetration of the stake, but she's like, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And full scene and like screaming and it's pretty brutal. I can yeah, see why. They, it's, they, well, they show yeah. and they show some stakings later on. I mean, the insanely bright red blood is a little off-putting, but yeah, it's know. really like Dawn of the Dead, Crayola yeah. Crown wax. Very, very much so. But I mean, it's yeah, it's just intense the way that it's acted and portrayed for sure. It's crazy. Yeah, I just. uh yeah, like, great sets, just really great use of, like, space, and, like, you see a lot of, yeah, this is visually very, pretty good. Definitely. And then, have you seen Dracula, Prince of Darkness? Has anyone seen that one? No. Again, again, I cannot remember which ones I've seen and which ones I haven't, so... Well, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, it picks up, like, it starts at the beginning with kind of a recap of that end scene with Peter, between Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, and where he, he defeats him, and they had to recap that, because this one was, what, like, almost, it was like eight years later that this, the second one came out, um, and basically, what, Dracula's still dead, and his butler, I can't remember what his butler's name is, but he still oversees the mansion and he welcomes these guests from town because apparently his master told him that he always had to welcome guests. Well, you know, kind of can see where this is going because then he's going to murder these people 
and sacrifice their blood to his master and it rejuvenates him and he comes back and i'd have to i I honestly don't think that christopher lee spoke like at all in (laughs) prince of darkness i'm trying to remember if he did or not i don't think he did like i just think he looked like sultry and serious but it worked i mean i i honestly think that um i enjoyed prince of darkness better than horror of dracula really Hmm. i mean and i and i really enjoyed horror of dracula i don't know what it was about the second one that i enjoyed so much but it just kept my attention a little bit better and maybe it was because it was a slightly different storyline it wasn't that stereotypical you know something that i was so used to yeah we're like the first one yeah i couldn't just you know tune it out a little bit if i needed to and i would still know exactly what was happening this one it changes it up a little bit and it was kind of refreshing i i enjoyed it cool yeah christopher lee doesn't get a whole lot of his screen time in the horror of dracula either but yeah yeah well it's, it's kind of more of um van helsing mm-hmm. story right, right yeah right and that, i think that's kind of a trend <laughs> Like, how much of a badass are you if you barely have to be in a movie to make it your <laughs> movie? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. all of these movies that we're talking about, he's not really ever the main character. That's true. That's true. Like, not a single one we've discussed. He's just sort of a background character, and we're like, this is a Christopher Lee movie. He is awesome. And yet, and yet, what's interesting is like he had a hard time getting work early in his earlier in his career, because um, he's so tall. I forget yeah. how tall he was, like you know, six something. And he had a hard time getting a lot of supporting roles in earlier in his career because nobody wanted to hire him because he was always taller than the leading man. Well, they're fucking idiots. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> but. You know, we see we see how all that turned out. He ended up stealing the show a lot of the times when he wasn't the leading man. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's and that's why you know, based on his stature, you know, his look, his his elegant voice, and everything, on why he just got all these amazing villainous roles. You know, he's been a Bond villain. He's you know, he, you know, played Dracula and. You know, he's been in the Star Wars franchise, Lord of the Rings, you know, and that's, yeah, he's just awesome. Right. Yeah, it says here he's 6'5". That's how okay. tall he is. Pretty yeah. tall. Jason, how tall are you? 6'5". So you could be Christopher Lee. Yep. You're going to be in this generation's Christopher Lee. Uh, I'm hoping. As soon as my voice drops a little more. <laughs> Work on that on that English accent. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> Another quick question for everybody: Has anybody ever seen any of his Fu Manchu movies? Nope. No. Nope. I'm curious as hell about these. I really want to find them and watch them, and just to see what he did with the character and if it is going to be overly racist or not <laughs> speaking, I mean, I, of, speaking of racism should we talk about the mummy 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, did you have more? No, I... But no, I am... Okay. I was stalling until somebody came up with a movie, so there you go. So the mummy, tell us about the mummy. <laughs> yeah, the mummy. 1959. So I guess he did this, what, like, right after Dracula, pretty much? Yeah. Um... So yeah, like Christopher Lee, he plays this character named Karis, Karis, who is like a high priest to this like some B-grade Egyptian god, Karnak, and uh, I don't know. There's like a lot of exposition here. I don't know if I want to bore people with it, but. Go for it, man. It's not boring. It's horror movies. We love it. <laughs> Alright. But no, seriously, like, there's, like, it's gotta be, like, a fucking 20-minute flashback to, like, ancient Egypt. And, uh, but no, basically, the premise, I'll try to explain it clearly here. I'm a little bit drunk, too. Um, but basically... <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, it's, like, drunk history. Egyptian yes. history. <laughs> okay, so there's this Egyptian princess. She's like the high priestess to Karnak, who's like this Egyptian god. And then uh, Christopher Lee is like her lover. But it's like this forbidden love because she's supposed to be bound to this god. And they're like secretly in love. So he like, after she dies on this pilgrimage... He, like, tries to resurrect her, but he gets caught. And uh, so these these uh, Egyptian servants, like, cut out his fucking tongue and execute him. And, like, they mummify him alive. Which, first of all, it doesn't really make sense. Like, if you know any anything about mummification, you can't just mummify someone alive just by, like, wrapping them in bandages. But that's what they do. And uh, about 2,000 years later... Uh, it's like the turn of the century, Victorian England, and uh, these explorers are like, they desecrate the grave of the, this princess, and like one of the modern day minions of this god, he's like, I'm warning you, don't do that, but you know, they're English, so they do it anyway, <laughs> and uh, they desecrate this tomb, and Basically, he he gets uh, Christopher Lee to do the bidding of this god and get revenge on these English guys. And uh, that's basically the whole movie. It's about Christopher Lee getting some mummy-style revenge on these uh, archaeologists. And uh, it's pretty good. I think it, you know, it might actually be better than the, uh, the Boris Karloff version. It's comparable. Um, you know, Christopher Lee, obviously, he's not talking much as a mummy, so most of the screen yeah. time he gets is <laughs> in this flashback. But uh, he does a pretty good job, you know. He does great. Again, he's like... I feel like he's, you know, Christopher Lee, if there's one, like, you know, through line through his, his work, it's that he's, like, very much this like classical kind of guy he's like well read on like history and all these kind of things and 
you know, he spits out like a lot of like esoteric language in this, talking about like Egyptian gods, and it's pretty entertaining. But uh, I don't know, man. What do you want to know? Has anyone else seen this? Am I the only one? I didn't get a chance to get to this one yet. Really? I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen this one either. Um, but like, what? Yeah, I said I said this was racist because. It seems like there's like a lot of blackface in this movie, or rather brownface. Oh no! <laughs> like, like even Christopher Lee, it seems like has like a slight, you know, some brown paints on him going on, and like the uh, the modern day guy, he has like it's like some pretty obvious brownface. Which, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I don't know if he was like full on white to begin with. He's kind of got you know. Uh, kind of Arabic nose, but they still like darken people up quite a bit. <laughs> I so, just said, that was interesting. So Hammer, they've obviously done plenty of vampire films, plenty of Frankenstein films. They've done the Mummy. They 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 really um, built a name for themselves by going back to the American Universal horror movies that catapulted Universal status back in the day and put their own spin on them uh, more modern for you know the times of the you know 50s and 60s but right um, <clears throat> but have they ever done Wolfman I, I cannot know. think of a Wolfman hammer film it's just weird and then you take like Spanish filmmaker um, Paul Nashi, who also made a career out of rehashing the Universal monsters, but he did a ton of Wolfman stuff. They did. Oh, they did. They did the Curse of the Werewolf. Okay. All right. Great. Good. Okay. Um, and I know they've done other stuff too, like Jekyll and Hyde. Um. So yeah, I just I was just thinking about that, like they've ever done a wolf a werewolf one so good 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 question but my thing is every time somebody like brings back universal the universal monsters why is there never any love for creatures in black lagoon <laughs> just saying yeah man they're i know they were trying to remake that i don't know if that's got you know whatever i don't know if that's still going on but yeah yeah it's an underrated character very much so. Well, he's kind of, I don't know, he's kind of like the, um, uh, like the bastard child of the Universal, Universal Monsters. He's the, kind of the redhead stepchild. Yeah. I you mean, know, maybe, maybe he, it's just the original was so good, people are kind of intimidated to remake it. I don't know. Well, I think, he, I think he's just kind of always been off to the side with the, with the, with those, because all the others came out, you know, Thirties, know, thirties, yeah. and forties, and creature, creature in the Black Lagoon came much later. Yeah, that was like fifty-four. Yeah, so so he he's kind of always kind of been segregated out um, from Frankenstein, Werewolf, or Frankenstein, Wolfman, Dracula, Invisible Man, The Mummy, Jekyll and Hyde. So yeah, right, right. So, Dustin, I know 
you have not seen a lot of Christopher Lee movies. Um, you did say before we started recording that there's a, a couple that you've seen. Have we covered those yet? Is there any Christopher Lee movies you want to talk about? Well, you, uh, pretty much yes, you've talked about them, and those were the Star Wars and uh, oh, okay. uh, Lord of the Rings. But I didn't know he was in Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember him in Sleepy Hollow. That's so you just one I, of the townsfolks, yeah. I, I think he's like I think he's like a judge in the movie, in the beginning. It's like kind of more of a cameo. I'm pretty okay. sure. I can I can yeah. yeah, he's not a big part, no. And actually I think it N- not necessarily a movie of him, just Yeah. Okay. He's the definitely only, a judge. The thing that I remember well his character's the Burgermeister. Um, but the only th- the imagery I remember of him, of he is in a a horse drawn carriage, and that's the only scene he's in. He's in the horse drawn carriage that I think gets attacked by the headless horseman. I think that's another dude, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty no, sure. He's, yeah, he's a. All the images I'm seeing of him are as a judge somewhere in that movie. All right, all right, but that's also not the only time Burton's ever worked with Christopher Lee either. No, he was also in Dark Shadows, and I remember specifically who he is in Dark Shadows. He plays that like that that um, sea captain. Oh yeah. In, in the in the bar, because I remember watching that movie. And you hear the voice before you see the person, and I'm like, "Holy shit, it's Christopher Lee!" And when the camera <laughs> camera switches angles and does a slow push in on Christopher Lee, you're like, "Yeah!" <laughs> That's awesome. And then, of course, he was Willy Wonka's father in Tim Burton's Willy Wonka Factory, Charlie in the House movie. <laughs> <laughs> the saddest oh, credit I found. Was the stupids? <laughs> the stupids. That's one of Jason's all-time favorite movies. He hates. No, I don't even. There's no love at all. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I turned it off. Is that the one with uh, Tom Arnold? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Can't believe he did that. I don't think I've. I recognize the cover. Like, I feel like that's one I saw at Family Video all the time and just never, ever rented. You're lucky. (laughs) (laughs) So what possessed you to watch it, Jason? I think Spooty and I were just, uh... That bored? That bored and trying to (laughs) inflict pain on each other and... (laughs) I think think he liked it. That's the fucked up part. I don't know. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, it's out there now. Everybody knows. Your brother's a fan of the stupids. Uh, I think he probably just, like you, probably just liked it to piss me off more. (laughs) (laughs) What? You do shit like that. I do not. Today, anyway. Uh huh. Uh, Such accusations. Alright. What else, guys? Wait, he's come on, guys. He's done over two hundred, almost three hundred movies. Season of the Witch. So he finally he got to work with 
Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Has anybody yeah. ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah, it sucked. No. It was bad. It, was it bad? Yeah, it was, it was bad. bad. Even Christopher Lee couldn't save it. <laughs> or, Just um, yeah. um... He was in Hugo. Hugo. I still haven't seen Hugo. He was awesome in that, and then the movie's awesome. That's a good movie, yeah. Um... Just a, uh, factoid. He did five movies with Tim Burton. Ooh. Anyway... Did any, anyone? Oh watch yeah, because he's the voice of Jabberwocky and Alice in Wonderland. So that's wait a minute. I'm doing. I'm gonna do it now. Charlie Chocolate Factory, Sleeping Hollow, Dark Shadows, um, the voice of the Jabberwocky. What's the fifth one? What am I missing? Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride. Oh yeah. Uh, if you want to get if you want to get technical though, uh, Burton just produced it. He didn't direct. All right. I guess you're getting technical. <laughs> he wasn't trying to be. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I I uh I watched City of the Dead, aka Horror Hotel. <laughs> Did anyone watch that? 1960. No. I don't know if I've ever seen that one either. Uh, can you describe it. I'll see if I remember. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a pretty short film. It's only like 75 minutes, but uh, it's basically about kind of this Lovecraftian style story, and uh, Christopher Lee is like this <clears throat> history professor, and uh, he's teaching this class on like New England witchcraft, and secretly he's like this satanic witch kind of leader of this coven and he like sends one of his students to this uh, place called Whitewood, Massachusetts, which is like this fictional town. But, uh, you know, it's the city of the dead and like pretty much everyone there is like this witch and like everything is like stuck in time. And basically she becomes like this sacrifice and kind of like Dracula, the whole movie is based around, you know, people trying to find what happened to this to this victim so it's a pretty cool movie and you know watching like watching this and the mummy and all these things it seems like christopher lee is kind of typecast as like this cult leader he's always playing <laughs> some kind of religious cult leader but uh but no you know what city of the dead actually in a lot of ways it's kind of like a, a prototypical wicker man it's kind of got the same you know, kind of concept of like this whole community of like pagans and they're secretly, you know, trying to lure people in and sacrifice them to their god. In this case, it's Satan. You know, they're all satanic witches. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty interesting movie. You know, it's got, in some ways, it's, you know, it's got some slow parts, but it's kind of experimental in a lot of ways. Like some of the lighting and cutting is kind of experimental. It's you know definitely worth a watch. I think there's actually this cool cut where uh, basically the lead character, one of the lead characters, she's like being sacrificed, and they like fucking stab her with a knife, and then it like immediately cuts to this girl like cutting a birthday cake. I just thought nice. that was like a, a funny, <laughs> funny cut. Yeah, awesome. yeah, man. But uh, 
and then there's like just like this random scene where this girl is like in in this like old New England hotel and like there's this party going on so she like gets changed and she's like the whole reason she's there is to like research this college paper and she just like randomly happens to be wearing like this sexy lingerie and this is like a 1960 movie I just thought that was <laughs> kind of amusing. Awesome. But, uh, and then, like, I guess, you know, one one other interesting thing is that, like, the uh, the witches in this movie, like, the way they kill them is, like, with a crucifix, almost like they're vampires. Mm. But, like, this dude, he just, like, holds up a cross, and, like, when the shadow lands on them, they just, like, burst into flames. It's kind of goofy, but kind of cool the shadow of the crucifix yeah it's like oh, the, sh- okay. the sh- not the sight of the crucifix it's like the shadow that's what mm. does them in apparently it's pretty weird but uh it's also you know because in a lot of ways it also kind of feels like almost like a ripoff of a black sunday the mario bob film that's kind of what it sounded like as you're but, describing uh, it yeah but like these both these movies came out the same year, nineteen sixty. So I'm really, I'm not, really not sure which came first, Black Sunday or City of the Dead. I don't know if that's just like a synchronicity that they happen to be so similar. Yeah. But uh, because they're both like you know about satanic witches from like the seventeenth century. Yeah. So I don't know. Interesting, and it kind of has you know like a Baba esque kind of visual design to it. But huh? I don't know. Who directed Wait. it? Do you know? Um, not Mario Bava. I forgot. No, I'll, no, I'll look yeah. it up. But uh, some dude who you probably don't recognize. I mean, is it a Hammer film though? Or? Um, I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to pull up the page, but it's definitely worth a watch. Like it's you know, it's kind of like you know, if I had to describe it in a word, it's like The Wicker Man meets Black Sunday. Yeah, which uh, it's pretty cool. Um, only with only without as many musical numbers. Yeah, there's no music in this, but okay. uh, there's some score, which is interesting. But yeah, what you know, it's like I said, seventy-five minutes. It's worth a watch. Sweet, Very Lovecraftian. You gotta cool. love that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the main character is named Barlow, which I think is like a reference to a uh, one of H.P. Lovecraft's pen pals. Oh, I wow. Think. Okay. That's my theory. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, City of the Dead, a.k.a. Horror Hotel. Check it out. Will do. You definitely got me intrigued. And I don't think I have ever seen it. Um, but I love me some Black Sunday, so it would be kind of cool to watch it in comparison. Oh, yeah. Too, so. um, one that I... What I watched uh, for this episode was um, The House That Dripped Blood. Anybody watch that one? Nope. Uh, it's an anthology film um, from uh, the... Um, what's the name of that company? I do it every time. I won't even go into it. Um, <clears throat> so, and it's not a bad anthology uh, film. Uh, Christopher Lee is in the, is in the third story. Um... You know about it's 
And it all takes place kind of in this house, which is kind of a neat thing that there's, there's this connecting thread between the between the stories, where um, whatever horror is happening to this individual, it's shortly after they've moved into this house. Now it doesn't all take place in the house, but um, but there's this connecting thread of death that is attached to this house. And the wraparound is about this guy investigating, you know, investigating these deaths. Um, and he's talking to um, the police about it, and the police is sharing the stories about what it, what had happened. Um, so yeah, the Lee one, uh, Lee one's pretty cool. Um, him and his daughter move into this house, and there's obviously a weird relationship between him and his daughter, a little girl, whatever. And he hires a nanny that is trying to figure out what's going on. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but uh, um, it's a pretty good anthology. I think all three storylines, it's only three three in this one, and I think they're all pretty solid. Um, I, don't, I don't know what I could say, which one's my favorite. Um, I kind of really like the first one a lot, but it also, it's very reminiscent. The first half of the of the of the uh, first story is really reminiscent of um, uh, what's the Johnny Depp movie uh, Secret Window is that what the name of it is Yeah. where he plays the writer and okay um, so it's like that because it's about this writer who writes horror stories and he's got this this killer that is always in his horror stories and his killer starts showing up everywhere he see you know he, everywhere he's at and but it's got a way different twist to it than the Secret Window did, so, um, so I, you know, that one I really enjoyed. Peter Cushing is also in this movie. He was in the uh, the middle story, um, and which has to do with this like uh, House of Wax kind of thing, um, kind of same thread as that per se. So, yeah, definitely, I think that's a good one to check out. Um, House to drip blood. Nice. I love the uh, I love the poster here on IMBD. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's a sweet poster. Uh, Christopher Lee's decapitated head on a platter. Yep. Some skeleton chick. <laughs> now the Christopher Lee movie I thought for sure Dust Dustin would have brought up would have been um, Gremlins Two: The New Batch, but. I guess. <laughs> We've whoa, talked whoa. about that like the last two episodes. So. <laughs> he was in that. Yeah, yeah it's like, yeah, it's like yeah, the mad scientist. Yeah, the one doing all the genetic experiments. Oh man, it's been too long since I've seen Gremlins too. Yeah, I've I actually just found recently the uh, the novelization at a thrift store <laughs> of Gremlins, Gremlins too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Terry, we may have to do a, a guest a guest star spot on um, Wicked Words at some point because <laughs> I need a review of that book in comparison to the movie because yeah. it's got to be night and day. There's no way that book is anywhere related to that movie. Well, I, you know, I'm sure it was after the fact. You know, maybe I don't know. I mean, in the You're middle right, of the we should, we should. <clears throat> in the middle of the book, do the gremlins like? We'll do it. Is there like where it looks like pages have been ripped out, and you find out it was the Gremlins, and Hulk Hogan stands up and says, "Hey, you Gremlins, quit ripping pages out of this book." Uh, <laughs> I wish. Hulkamania is gonna come up to that projection. 
That would be appropriate. <laughs> I mean, that would make sense because they did two different versions of that of that fourth wall. The one for the theater with Hulk Hogan, and then one when it played on television, which had John Wayne. Yeah, I remember you saying, you know, I've only seen the uh, the home video version. Is there like a surviving way to see the theatrical version? Is there any way to see that, or is it totally lost? Do you you have it on DVD? Have you seen it on DVD? Because I want to say it's on DVD with the theatrical, but I don't remember if that's true or not. I'll have to go back and watch my DVD. Yeah, I've only only seen it on on VHS and probably TV. Because I know I've seen the Hulk Hogan version more than once, but I only ever saw Gremlins 2 once in the theater. So there has to be... A version out there that's got that, even if it's like maybe like a deleted scene or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking here at a a screenshot at Christopher Lee in the movie. Yep. And I forgot he was in that. <laughs> it's because there's so many people in that movie. Everybody oh yeah. Was up in that movie. Anyway, and we were we were um, talking before on how. We bet Christopher Lee could take on Chuck Norris. Well, we need. Well, we have proof of that. I don't know if it's true or not because I haven't seen the movie. But apparently, Christopher Lee is in the Chuck Norris movie, Eye for an Eye, in 1981. <laughs> so we're gonna have to go watch that and, and find out for sure if if it's true that Christopher Lee could take on Chuck Norris. What's uh, What's the synopsis? What's that about? Oh, let me pull it up. I didn't read it. I just that just caught my eye, and I thought that was funny. I think the only way that Chuck Norris could beat Christopher Lee if it is if it was already scripted that he could beat Christopher Lee. That's right. I'm just gonna well, throw that out there. Well, and sadly, it was definitely during the heyday of Chuck Norris. So there's no way in hell he plays Morgan Canfield. Let me pull it up here. Let's see. Sean Kane is forced to resign from the San Francisco Police Department's narcotic division when he goes berserk after his partner is murdered. He decides to fight alone and follow a trail of drug traffickers into unexpected high places. Blah, 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 blah. Every action movie of the 80s. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I... Sadly, I'm gonna. Wa- yeah. I want to watch it now because I want to know. He's probably like you know the drug kingpin, Christopher Lee. I imagine. Yeah, he can't be just like. There's no way you would ever see Christopher Lee playing like, "Hey, it's Chuck Norris's nosy neighbor." What kind of shenanigans are going on over here, Chuck? Yeah, that's not happening. He's got to be playing the bad guy. Yeah. Although it would be awesome if he was just some like weird, creepy neighbor next door in some random movie. That would be amazing. I hope that happened at least once. Right. <laughs> Had to have. And I think I and I also think Christopher Lee has properly played about every nationality. Yeah, he's he, he has a very versatile uh-huh. face. Because he he's he, he I know he's played a German Nazi in um, Steven Spielberg's 1941. Mm-hmm. Oh. He does seem, is he, he doesn't seem like totally, you know, English or Anglo-Saxon. I wonder what. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's just really tan, but I wonder what's going I mean, his name is Lee. That's not really a 
Anglican name. Yeah, I wonder what his ancestry is. Hmm. But... Uh, I'm done. I'm done pulling up IMDb for tonight. I'm not gonna. Pull it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to give a quick shout out. I did watch also The Hound of the Baskervilles. It's one of the old Sherlock Holmes movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been a and... he's been in a few different Sherlock Holmes movies. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's with Peter Cushing as well. He wasn't. Uh... Uh, Peter Cushing plays. Sherlock, and then yeah. there's another man who plays Watson. He plays just sort of the integral character in that in that particular case in this movie. It was it was pretty good. Cool, cool. Was it's that a new... Hammer film? Um, yes. Makes it was. sense. Makes sense. <laughs> I think he was in like three different Sherlock Holmes movies, one of which he played Sherlock Holmes's brother. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah. <laughs> kind of makes me want to watch those, too. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you can tell that he was just he was a big fan of literature because a lot of his movies that he sort of was seeking out were all based on on books you know all these Sherlock Holmes movies and the J.R.R. Tolkien and I saw some others um, like Discworld and other things you can tell that he was it seemed like he just sort of started looking for things that he wanted to do because he knew that everybody wanted him at one point (laughs) he's like well I can do whatever I want so because I'm Christopher Lee Oh, no, a lot of it is just that connection to ham to the Hammer films. Oh, um, sure, yeah. Like you know, him and a lot of the other guys that it really got catapulted became names based off on on being in these Hammer films. I mean, if you go back and just kind of scroll through his IMDb, um, like you know, he worked a lot beforehand, but it does look like a lot of like you know, just like bit parts, throwaway films, stuff I. A lot of names of things I don't even didn't even recognize, yeah. but but it's but it's like when when Hammer hit is when he hit and mm-hmm. he did so many of those Hammer films. It's just interesting. I just I just wonder. I don't know enough history about Hammer Studios to to know. I mean, were those guys all just you know contractually obligated to be appear in all these Hammer films? You wonder, you know. Like were they exclusively signed to Hammer Studios kind of thing or I don't know. I don't know. I did just notice something there's some sort of video game called the Rocky Interactive Horror Show. Do you know what this is, Mike? No idea. I saw that on the page too, and apparently he plays the narrator in it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to seek it out, but I bet it's some, like, old, old, old floppy disk PC game or something. Well, yeah, and it has Richard O'Brien in it, too, is what it Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Richard O'Brien will do anything associated with Rocky, but does it have any of the other? It just lists those two on IMDb, so I'm not sure who else is in it as voice. I'd imagine Patricia Quinn and Little Nell (laughs) came back, you know. They'll do anything associated with Rocky as well. But I bet they didn't get get Tim Curry. Yeah, probably not. 
Can we bring the Can we bring the show a little bit on a downer note and talk about Tim Curry for a second? Oh. Did We're not see? already on a downer note. I mean, we are talking about a dead guy. Well, it is a bummer that Christopher Lee's died, and we're all saddened by that. But I'm having a good time. Yeah, I mean, he's a badass. For... You can't be too sad. He lived a pretty amazing life. Yeah, exactly. But when I saw the when I saw these recent pictures of of an appearance by Tim Curry after he had a stroke, like I got depressed. Sad face. Oh my god. Sure. Dude, when was this? I hadn't I did not hear about this. He got some sort of achievement award. Yeah. Yeah. Did not look so good. And he does no. not look good. It just broke my heart. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Yeah, wow. I saw that too. I thought it was interesting that we hadn't heard from him in a while and I like hadn't seen anything in a while. Like literally the next day those pictures popped up. I'm like, oh well that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks in bad shit. Like that stroke did a number on him, you know, and that's uh, that's too bad. So I had to literally go back and just kind of like review some Tim Curry stuff to, you know, make myself happy again. You know, I I have a bootleg DVD of um of <laughs> of uh, a Broadway performance of Spamalot, with, and if you're not familiar with that that show at all it's you know it's basically a musical stage version of um Monty Python the quest for the holy grail but it's just a star-studded cast Tim Curry plays King Arthur and Hank Azara's in it and mm-hmm. um it's it's shouldn't dig too much into that on a on a horror themed um, podcast but it's it's really funny and it's really good and I had to rewatch that <coughs> uh to make myself feel better about Tim Curry <laughs> Anyway, anyway, yeah. Dang. <laughs> Are you finding those pictures, Sam? Yeah. Yeah. At least so he's not as yeah. It's not as bad as uh Robert Roger Ebert when he uh oh. had his ordeal. Well, that's, well, that's true. Man, stop! No more! <laughs> no more! God! Uh. <laughs> uh. Okay, so <coughs> Christopher Lee. Um, any other films anybody wants to 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 bring up? Uh-huh. No, no, I'm just depressed. Thanks. No. Uh, no. I'll bring one more up, and hopefully this will cheer you up a little bit. It's not a horror film, but I forgot until I saw it on IMDb. He is in one of one of my favorite sleazy teen comedies from the eight bad teen comedies from the 80s of all time and it's a movie called jocks you guys ever uh, seen or heard this movie that's not okay there's no homework right now everybody if they have imdb pulled up pull up the pull up jocks so you can see the poster okay okay <laughs> okay okay so girl standing over top of a guy in this locker room whatever you know yep. okay it's about tennis players so that that poster uh, that poster is always bugged me because it is so it looks like a not photo. it's <laughs> so not what the movie is at all. Mariska Hargitay. Oh. oh. Anyway, so oh yeah, that is her. Okay. Oh. Anyway, um, so basically, <coughs> it's about this loser college 
that is losing all his funding. <coughs> Excuse me. And Christopher Lee plays the dean, dean of the college, and it's funny that I bring up the fencing thing. I just realized this. He's like walking around in his opening scenes there with this like fencing sword and just like doing moves in his office with this fencing sword. Um, anyway, and he calls in. He calls in the the uh, tennis coach and says that there's there's a chance for the tennis team to get a championship this year, and the college hasn't had a championship in like decades and. He's like, you know, you have to have, you have to have a championship season. But in order to do that, they gotta, they gotta get the kid that was kicked off the tennis team because he's, 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 you know, he's the misfit character, you know, the rebel, the, you know, the guy that, you know, drinks all the time and parties and has a good time, but he just happens to be amazing at tennis, and, <coughs> and they have the tennis team, which the tennis team um, has. Um, um, Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. He's yes. on the tennis team, and so uh, it's this just crazy misfit tennis team going on having this big tennis tournament to win the championship. You know, save the mountain type of storyline. Love it. And it's it is a horrible movie, but I I had some kind of connection with it because I think it's hilarious and I love it. And totally forgot Christopher Lee's and he's rocking this sweet ass mustache. You guys gotta see it for the mustache alone. He's—it's one of those situations that um, that I've talked about in the past as far as movie making goes. If you're gonna pay for a celebrity, you put him in the beginning of your movie and at the end of the movie, so it makes it feel like that the actor is in the entire movie. Because that's Christopher Lee in this particular movie. He's in the beginning and he's at the end, and that's it. But okay. Even amongst all these uh, misfits shenanigans that are going on, and the fact that Ogre is in this movie, um, Christopher Lee still has his shining moments. So, so yeah, jocks. Not a horror movie. I don't give a shit. It's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I have it on DVD on one of those like shitty Mill Creek uh. sets where you get like a hundred movies on two discs or something like that. You know? Yeah. I bought it specifically just because I had chocks on it. But it's got some other good stuff, too, on there, like My Chauffeur with Deborah Foreman. And, and there's good stuff. It's an awesome set. Shitty transfers, but awesome set. Anyway. So, yeah, that's Christopher Lee. That's 3% of Christopher <laughs> Lee. Yeah. Like, not even. That's like. I know, right? Damn. 260 more to go. <laughs> We're about right, yeah. All right, so um, yeah. Unless anybody else has any final thoughts about Christopher Lee, I say we take a quick break and come back and do some segments. How's that sound? Woo! All right. All right. So we'll be back here in just a moment. See, I told you that wasn't very long, man. <laughs> You listeners, and you're so impatient. Gosh. Okay. So, segments time. My, my all-time favorite segments. We're going to start off here with some shout-outs. It's time for... Shout-outs! Shout-outs! 
Alright, so I asked, what is your favorite Christopher Lee horror movie? And we had a good list of people on Facebook who replied. Um, first off, Greg Morgan, Greg Mortis himself, says, Wicker Man would be my first choice, but pretty much any of his Dracula flicks. Hell, every movie he was in, take a pick. LOL. <laughs> And then we had Jesse Robbins. She says, Wicker Man. But I haven't seen them all yet, so I can't say 100% wink. Um, you got a lot of watching to do, Jesse. <laughs> a lot. Seeing a year. Yeah. Sam Mickelveen says, The Devil Rides Out. The Wicker Man. And Gorman Gast. A sort of gothic TV series. Uh, maybe maybe not horror, but it was a great TV series. While he was in loads of films, I can't help but feel he was a very underrated actor. Let's hope horror fans keep his memory alive. We'll get up the courage to phone someday. You can do it, Sam. It's really easy. You just, you just dial and then leave a message. Nobody answers. It's really super easy. Yeah, and do then, it. And then I download it and put it on the episode. Then we get to hear your voice. Oh. oh, and then Sam McVean was not done. He says, Forgot Hounds of the Baskervilles. Woo. Which Terry says, Woo. <laughs> we have Brandon Skaggs. He says, The Mummy and Horror of Dracula. He said, Dracula Prince of Darkness is another favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Gary, Gary Timmons <laughs> says The Devil Rides Out, Curse of Frankenstein, and City of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Nice. nice. Someone else seen it. Good. And then lastly, we have Derek Johns with Horror of Dracula, Dark Shadows, Sleepy Hollow, and Horror Express. Yeah! <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah! It's Horror Express! Horror Express! Choo-choo! Alright, I kind of want to see that now after... He doesn't get this excited for movies anymore, so... <laughs> you okay, buddy? <laughs> okay, and uh, we didn't have anything on Twitter, and just remember, Sam and all of you folks, uh, you can always call in at 415-952-6857, or... 415-95-AOTKP to leave your comments. Leave us a story. Tell us what's going on. We'd love to hear from you. We'll put you on the show. And that's shoutouts. I find it interesting. Um, we actually, again, out of 270-some acting roles, um, and we feel like we barely touched the tip of the iceberg, but all the shoutouts except for Except for one title, <laughs> stuff we talked about. But yeah. what was it? What was it called again? Devil. Devil rides, rides out. out. Which was brought up twice, so I'm kind of like hmm, maybe I need not to see this one. one. All right, cool. So, thank you for the shoutouts, Jason. Word. Um, and now we're going to find out what's happening in the world of books. With wicked words with wear tear. Ow! 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 Ow!
This time around, I tackled another Stephen King novel. Um, this one was actually released under his pseudonym, um, which was Richard Bachman. Um, I didn't even realize that he had released anything under a pen name uh, until I went to read this novel and I saw it was Richard Bachman, Stephen King, blah, blah, blah. They'd already changed all of the, the covers because word was out. It wasn't a, a secret anymore. Um, this is the second movie of the, the Bachman books, as they call it. Uh, the first one was The Running Man, which I'd, I'd love to do that one for this segment someday because that movie's awesome. But this time it's thinner. Um, the book was released in 1984, and then the movie was released in 1996. I'd seen the movie previously, and I didn't really recall all that much about it, other than the general premise. And then I read the book, and then I watched the movie again. I'm not really a huge fan of this story I mean let me take that back I, I enjoyed the idea of the story but I don't I don't like the book that well and I don't really like the movie either um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the story basically there's this this guy his name is Billy and he accidentally hits this gypsy woman who's walking out in the middle of the road and he gets off scot-free from the judges they didn't press any charges because they're like ah gypsies they're scum blah we don't care and that did not make this ancient gypsy man very happy so he goes up and he curses Billy he just comes up to him and he says one word thinner and then from then on out, he just slow, well, starts out slowly. He starts losing weight because he's a big old tubby guy. And, um, but it gets to the point where he's inhaling as much food as he possibly can just to not shrivel up by the end of the day because he's losing weight so rapidly. Um, and they fight back and they're like, ah, take off this curse. And I don't, I don't know. I, the premise of it is is fun. You don't really. I don't feel like there are enough movies with gypsy curses in them. You know, like we had like Drag Me to Hell, like that. That's a good movie. And I don't know. I think the book was really, really, really hard for me to finish. Like, I really wanted to put it down and just stop. It took me so long to get through it. And really, I I do enjoy the ending, although I thought it was played out a little bit better in the book. Um, the, and there really aren't a lot of differences either. Uh, the whole reason that Billy hits the gypsy woman is that 
well, in the movie, he's getting a blowjob from his wife. But in the book, he's getting a hand job. I'm not sure why that was an integral change for the movie, but whatever. Um, and I don't, I mean, the book, there's a lot, there's actually a lot of sex in the book. It's kind of weird. I'm not used to reading that much sexual stuff from a Stephen King book. I don't know if that's some new persona he took on with freaking Richard Bachman. I'm not probably, sure. Probably during his Coke period. <laughs> there's uh, the, the books that I've read. There, he's there's a lot of sex there's, from what I've read. I mean, there's, there's almost there's, always a, a, a sex scene of some kind. Yeah, there's definitely usually some sort of, of scene, but there this one was really heavy on the sex. Yeah. Like there was a lot. <laughs> I don't. Um, but uh, you know, there really wasn't a lot of changes, and I really like. Oh, what's his face? Um, uh, Joe Montana is in the movie. He's probably the best part of the whole movie because he's like this um, this mob guy that Billy he's a Billy's a lawyer and he's um, gotten him out of several jams before and so he's paying him back and he's gonna get this curse off of him. And one thing I will say is that the makeup effects in the movie were done really really well i didn't recall them i mean when i was younger and watched this i wasn't really that concerned with the effects in the movie i guess but after reading the book and re-watching it 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 held up pretty well i think and they really nailed like what you envision as you're reading the book for sure especially um the old gypsy man with the like big chunk of like tumor on his face and and the ever-changing weight of Billy in there. I'm sure that was not an easy task. Um, but, you know, not my favorite Stephen King novel or Stephen King movie. But a pretty decent adaptation, for sure. Yeah, I've seen the movie. I thought it was pretty decent. But it, it was all right. Didn't make me want to read the book. Yeah, it, like like I said, it's it's okay, but it's not stellar by any means. Now it's time for Insane's picks. <laughs> It's insane's picks time. <laughs> Jeez. This time I pick a little film. It's an Italian film, so we're going back to Italy for this one. 1989, one of the craziest, freaking bizarro, shitty ass Italian horror films ever made. The Black Cat, A.K.A., which stands for also known as. <laughs> Demons 6 Okay, so uh, uh, What do those two titles have in common? Jack shit And What does these two titles have in common with the movie? Jack, Jack shit. shit Okay So, I mean, did you guys even know there was a, 
uh, demons two through five. Yes. I mean, I know we all know the great classic Umberto Bava demons, and then Demons Two, which is basically Umberto Bava remaking the original demons, but in a high-rise apartment building. And then Demons Three, which is um, I think Umberto Bava did that one too. Which but it one was, is? Which one is the Lechiza, the church? The church is shit. When, what year was the church? The church might be five. Three is the ogre, um, which is what the title was when it was released in the states. And it's either it's either four or five is um, the church. But I don't. But I'm not sure which the missing one is. I, I don't know. There's one of them. I'm not sure. Like I wasn't aware that this particular movie was Demon Six because I'm I'm missing one uh, of the Demon franchise. I guess you could say. <clears throat> anyway, here's okay. So this movie is directed by um, Luigi um, Luigi Cozy. <laughs> you butcher that. <laughs> Wait a minute! What it, is? It's not pronounced cozy, cozy. I, I don't know. I know. I, just... I know. Lu, Luigi, <laughs> Luigi, and Mario. Um, this movie. Um, okay, this movie. Okay, all right. Let's settle down now. Let's calm down, people. This movie's fucked up. All right. Let's just put it this way. Um, I should have done this particular uh, film um, to tie it into our episode about. Um, um, breaking the fourth. Oh, what was that episode we did? Um, self-aware one. The self-aware episode because that's this movie in a T. Basically, it starts off. It starts off where it kind of looks like just a typical Jalo movie where you got the POV shot of the killer and you know it's the the gloved hand killing somebody kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, then you just you're like, okay, cut. And then you realize, oh shit, we're in a movie in a movie. It's one of those things, and this movie <coughs> is about the about this production company who wants to make uh, the newest horror film, the greatest, the what what's the quote the the hairiest, scariest horror movie ever. Uh, yeah, that's an actual quote from the movie. Um, uh, about about a witch named uh, Lavana. But not just any witch. That's right, you Italian fans out there, you guessed it. One of the three witches. So, this this self-aware movie exists in a world that recognizes the three witches or the the three witches saga that started with Dario Argento. So, and Dario Argento is referenced in this movie. Suspiria is referenced in this movie, and Inferno is referenced in this movie. Suspiria, oh, no. Suspiria is referenced in this movie so much that every time they talk about about the three witches, they actually steal music from Suspiria. All of a sudden, you start hearing <laughs> like it just. <laughs> They just straight up, st and it's and it's so purposely layered. In any time they're talking, of making reference to the first two movies of the of the actual trilogy, and this movie obviously came out 
decades before Mario Bava, or, uh, sorry, Dario Argento finally got off his ass and finished the Three Witches trilogy with Mother of Tears. So, like, was this, um, Cozy's idea of trying to finish Argento's Three Witches trilogy? Because when they decide to start making this movie and they start and they you know they start and putting the movie together, then the actual witch gets resurrected from her grave and goes on a killing spree to kill the uh, to kill the production company, and that's the plot of this movie. Does it have to do with the black cat? Nope. Does it have to do with demons? Nope. Although, well, an interesting factoid about this movie is that it. Um, <clears throat> During production, the uh, there was some um, a, there was a production company in the United States that was financing the film, and they contacted uh, the director halfway through the production and told him that they were changing the title to The Black Cat, and so the director, in his infinite wisdom, just kind of like put a black cat in several scenes. It has nothing to do with the movie or anything whatsoever, but then there's just like these like random shots of a black cat, so so the title could almost make sense. Um, this movie was coming out, and and it is the title, the black cat, is literally referenced to the Edgar Allan Poe story, so much so that Edgar Allan Poe gets a screenwriter's credit. But there's no relation to Edgar Allan Poe's story in this movie at all. Yes, yeah, so this doesn't sound right. No, not at all. And this movie was coming out around the time George Romero and Dario Argento was putting out Two Evil Eyes. And Argento... Mm. So not only is this movie ripping off Dario Argento's music and Dario Argento's trilogy, but now they're stepping on his toes by releasing a movie under the title of the storyline that he did in Two Evil Eyes. <laughs> so needless to say, you know, Dario Gento was not happy. So, this movie's far more fascinating for um, for all these fun facts that the titles, the, the alternate titles of this movie have no relationship to the movie, that the black cat concept is literally forced into this movie, by just literally putting a black cat into the film, um, the fact that uh, <clears throat> that it's it's a movie within a movie that is referencing a much better Italian horror couple of Italian horror films. You watch this movie and you're like, man, I really wish I was watching Suspiria or Inferno right now instead of the Black Cat. So this movie's just crazy bonkers, and it ends with the witch blowing up the moon. What? <laughs> so if you can find this movie, and rumor has it that um, Scream Factory has the rights to it now and are going to be doing a Blu-ray release, that would be fucking awesome. So if you can find it, check out 1989's The Black Cat, a.k.a. Demon 6. Crazy. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Meow. <laughs> I, th I think I'm gonna check right now. Um, it was actually even on Netflix for. Oh, I can't. My controller's dead. Um, it was on Netflix way back in the day, like 
about a year or so ago it was on freaking Netflix even. I think that's where I, I first saw it. Wow. So, yeah. I wonder why there's so many versions of the black cat. There is there is something about I don't know, there's something about Edgar Allan Poe and and Italy and I you know, Italian filmmakers cuz there's not just the black cat which has been done a lot especially over in Italy but just a lot of Poe's work has been done over and over and over again in Italy. Mm. And and then you know take Two Evil Eyes for example which is you know two stories based on Poe but if you watch Argento's version which he's doing the black cat but he references like four like three or four different Poe works within that within that story alone. You know, there's a nod to Pit and a Pendulum in there, obviously, you know, with the opening scene. And, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. They they just, um, they just got a thing for Poe, I guess. <laughs> a poner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. They have a poner. Like it. Oh, jeez. All right, guys. Well, that, that wraps it up. That's the it. end. We, we did, did it. it. Survive. So that's that's a cue right there, um, out there, listening listeners out there. Take a drink. We said we did it at the end of the episode. <laughs> I swear we say it at the end of every episode. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, so you know. Bring it back down a little bit here. Um, Christopher Lee will be missed. Thank you so much for for your amazing life and your beautiful body of work that we will that will live on live on forever. And uh, yeah, I kind of want to. I even have a new, whole new list right now of movies that I plan on watching, uh, just based off of talking on this episode tonight. So. I want to thank you guys for being on podcast crew. It's always a pleasure. It feels like it's been forever. Yeah, but we're uh, back in full swing, doing more episodes. We got some doozies coming up. I'm not going to give any spoilers away, so we all just have to wait and see. So, till next time, guys. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Oh no! Could this be the end of? <laughs> Attack of the killer.